You are listening to the Chompcast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy life to listen to ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for ways you can support us, including our VIP tier. Um, we got an incredible show today. A special show. An indie game fanatic and foodie. A D-list internet celebrity with a micro penis. A dragon-obsessed womanizer and a bearded shark nerd walk into a podcast studio. Well, actually, we live all over the world, so, you know, Michigan, Texas, Montana, Japan. I guess we can't really walk into a real uh, podcast studio, a metaphorical podcast studio. That's how the old joke goes, right? Well, this is no joke. We haven't missed a podcast in three years, and it has been one crazy ride uh, for us and our listeners, and we have a very special show today. Um, we couldn't be more proud to celebrate our third anniversary of Sword Chomp. And much like strange things coming together that shouldn't work but do, we have an eclectic batch of topics to discuss on the podcast today. Like Control vs. Astral Chain. What are the Chompers buying? Days Gone updates from our zombie lover Shay. The Atlanta child murderer and mine hunter. Did Wayne Williams do it? Our panel of experts sound off. <laughs> experts, that's right. Morgan has been saving up all his No Man's Sky thoughts for this very special week to hopefully not annoy everyone. Was Squall, the legendary protagonist of Final Fantasy VIII, a badass or just an ass? You weigh in. All of our polls voted on at Swordchomp on Instagram. Every Monday, we run those polls. We like to discuss them on the show. We have our early impressions of Double Fine's new Brutal Wastelander rad that Josh has been delving into. And the topic of the show, legendary mashups. And we create our own. What? What? I mean, Lincoln Park and Jay-Z. I mean, who could forget that? Uh, Little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay, what about gaming mashups, you know? We ask you what your dream gaming mashup would be. For example, what if Rockstar made a Zelda game? Um, And we'll read some of our best responses we got on the podcast. And then we make our own. Well, that's kind of weird. We mean, you'll just have to see. We're going to create our own Sword Chomp dream mashup. it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a special show. There's probably some other stuff that I forgot. We have so much to talk about. We'll throw in the back end. We have our Patreon shout-outs that we give all of our loyal Patreon supporters on the back end of the show as well. Um, it's going to be a good time. Uh, but let's get to some intros. Boom! That's right. That phone's ringing. You better answer it. Uh, Fish, the Filipino Johnny Depp, joining us from Texas. What's up? Uh, what was that little? You doing the little, <laughs> little surfer thing on the webcam? What is that? What's up? Actually, that was my telephone that I was picking oh, up. Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> gotcha. But I gave it a lot of shaking. I don't <laughs> think I've ever shaken a you know rotary phone like that before. Unless you're kid. really really nervous or hopped up on drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so it wasn't the what's up. It was a what's up the phone. No, uh, yeah, no. You're talking about the hang loose. Uh, uh, hang loose, hand yes. Gesture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang loose, thank yeah. you. Thank you. I... It's very popular in Hawaii. Um, well, speaking of a man who likes to hang loose, uh, fish three years, and uh, you know, you're still here, so still here. <laughs> everybody else, he's still here, everybody. <laughs> he's still here. It's a miracle. <laughs> still giving me anxiety like it's day one of the podcast. Ah. It's it's a beautiful thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but we're happy. I was just joking with my wife. I was like, you know, she's like, why do you... This week alone, we were had like our, our No Man's Sky stream that was a lot of fun. Um, somebody said it was the best bad stream they've ever seen. And uh, we didn't get to do the multiplayer um, for, for reasons we'll talk about later because I was going to give yeah. shit for that. Um, yeah. And then you started hiding your voice messages me, from me, so I couldn't read them on the show to embarrass you. Mm. So, uh... <laughs> you have yourself to blame for that, Morgan. <laughs> I... Or myself, I guess. I feel like that happened just... before, and then enough time passed, and then he forgot. And <laughs> dropped... No, not this time. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'll find him, Fish. I'll find him. I got hundreds <laughs> saved on my phone. I'll go back to the old ones. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but thanks for being here, Fish, uh, the legendary Filipino Johnny Depp. Um, joining us from Japan, the professor Shay Layton is here. When this podcast first started, Shay lived in Montana, much like me. It's true, and now he lives in Japan. It's true. Like it's crazy. it's kind of it's kind of funny to think about. Like the first year we did the podcast, I lived in Montana. Uh, kind of the second year we did it, I I lived for a little bit in one part of Japan, and then I moved to another part of Japan during that second year, and now I'm. I'm still here for now. So year four, I'm gonna be <laughs> still there. For for year four, I'm probably gonna be somewhere else in the Ooh. world. So it's gonna be interesting. Where in the world is Shay? <laughs> Where in the world is Shay? That's the next true. game we will be playing. Um, that's pretty cool. And yeah, exciting news! As I posted on the Instagram, Shay got a switch. More clapping! Yay! <laughs> 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 Too busy playing Days Gone to be bothered with that yeah. new Switch yet. Um. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I do want to play. I want to play the Switch. I plan on playing it. Um, you know, I might play it a little bit today. We'll see. Okay. I, I still need to buy Fire to Emblem. It. I, uh, yeah, I need to pick that up. And are you going to go digital with your games around, or around physical? What are you thinking? Digital or physical? Digital physical. Sorry, digital, digital physical. Oh, digital. Oh, digital. digital. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. I don't, I don't want to, because I move around so much and whatnot. The less I have to carry around with me, the better. Gotcha, gotcha. I agree. It's, but the switch, it's weird, dude. You'll see this. Like, there's nothing wrong with the physical copies, but they're just so tiny that I got to the point where I just started buying everything um, digitally because I just didn't feel like changing it all the time. Because the switch is a good exactly. system to jump around, you know. So. Um, and unfortunately, yeah. yeah, anything that makes it that experience less cumbersome is better. Yes, yes. Relieve the cumbers from me, as they say. Um, but yeah, thanks. Yeah. For... <laughs> That's what everyone says, right? <laughs> right. Every single person in the world says that. Excited to talk to you about a lot of Switch games, including Fire Emblem, uh, Go Black Eagles. Thanks for being here, Shay. Um, of course, Joshua Fowler is here, the one and only. From Michigan, the Jimmy Rosslar. Uh Josh was real busy. We did some Skype for the show, which, by the way, is something you can find at our Patreon page, where we Skype with you. Uh, I would say one-on-one, but it's really four-on-one. Um, it's just as kinky as it sounds. Josh, you're ma- some sort of a feast you're making today. Was it a chili? You've been stirring tomatoes every couple hours? Like yeah, your whole life is, what is it? Red sauce. Okay. I had a bunch of tomatoes that I needed to uh, do something with before they ended up going bad. So I cooked up a whole table full of tomatoes and been making some tomato sauce. Okay. So yeah, this morning I had a table full of tomatoes and a head of garlic, and 
now I've got some some sauce. So so <laughs> so literally, you just um make like a a makeshift homemade red sauce and just kind of package it up and leave it around the house for whenever you need it, kind of a thing. Yep. Oh, okay, crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. We live very different lives, Josh. Um, I, that's like, but that's cool. I mean, you enjoy doing it. So. The most red sauce interaction he gets is when he orders a nice, fresh, hot Domino's pizza. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say when it's like uh, my wife's on her Red Wings or whatever. But Nope, um, nope, that's off. <laughs> that's off. <that's laughs> oh, woof, I dug myself in that hole, didn't I? Um, well. That's pretty cool. Josh is, uh, as I alluded to in the intro, he is a foodie. Um, well, that's a little. Do you like the term foodie, Josh, or is that too, uh, too kind of uh, like social media e foodie? What what term do you like? To, how do you describe yourself? Um, lard ass usually. Um, <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> lard ass and indie fanatic Joshua Fowler. <laughs> I'll remember that. Um, <laughs> I just think that foodie is just one of those terms that just sort of exploded with social media. I'm a foodie. I like pictures of my food. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I never really got into the whole social media food craze. I've not really done a lot of, you know, sharing meals and whatnot. But I've always liked cooking uh, and baking and stuff. So. I love the way you said that. You don't really see, You don't really strike me as a craze guy. Mm. <laughs> what kind of crazes do you get caught up in? <laughs> hmm. The only I'm trying to think of any the, the only kind of Instagram food craze I uh really get involved in is uh pussy. On Instagram. That's right. Hmm. Well that was really um abrupt. Um well. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this uh, joke is going to take it too far, but you know what? For the three-year anniversary tour, I'm going to make a really bad joke. Oh, Not right. anniversary tour, anniversary show. I'm going to make a really bad a joke. Tour? So. This is our tour. We're traveling the world. <laughs> right. We're traveling the world on our three-year anniversary podcast. I, I just want to hear Shay make that awkward pussy joke live in front of a live audience. <laughs> uh, just to see the reaction. I try to make great. it as I try to make it as awkward as I possibly could. So if you guys felt awkward, mission accomplished. It was just like very straightforward. I mean, it was like, I didn't have to think about it. It was just, you just dropped the pussy on my face. That's where it belongs. (laughs) 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 And that's why I was saying what I was saying. That's that's where it belongs. Nice red sauce. Um, (laughs) Well, (laughs) true. If there's white sauce there. Hey. You're getting a different kind of uh, food oh. there. Well, that's usually... Oh, wait, this is really going to get gross. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, let's, um, let's stop there. Let's I, uh, stop there. Honestly, that's one thing my wife talks about a lot. She's like, a lot of guys I dated were afraid to have sex on my period. I'm like, what? Come on, men. Get over that shit. If you're listening, get over your peri- anti-period sex. Come on. Gas station philosophy's next episode. <laughs> get, hmm. get over Should your Should you have issues. sex? While she's on the rag. It's just a little blood. Come on. It's natural. It's more at 11. That's what I think the guy from Mindhunter would have said. It's just a little blood. It's natural. Mm. Maybe. I got a surprise for you guys. Um, 
haven't done this in, let me pull up the camera here and narrate this. I haven't done this in years, okay? And I love the satisfying sound of this. So here we go. It's been years, but it's a special occasion. Oh, no. Alcohol on the podcast for Mr. Morgan. Look at that. It's a white claw. We would if you'd turn off the, the screen blur. <laughs> you can't blur out half the can there. Well, like, I wish, like, as soon I as wish you hold you it still, it starts blurring it. So yeah. I wish you would have told me. I would have got we'll a follow beer. It. Mm. Well, it's like morning in Japan. You don't want to have a beer, dude. I totally Shh. will. I did yesterday. Yeah. Go grab one like, from the fridge. Like I'm sure you got these, some. They stock. have these new like fall seasonal flavors, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna try one. And so that's what I did. You should have let me know, man. I. You know, I might like when you guys are talking about something, I might run down there and grab one real quick. So save some of that, Morgan. <laughs> run so down cheers. there? What is it, 30 seconds away? Dude, um, literally. So I go down from the 11th floor of my apartment and I go outside and I walk half a block and there's like two convenience stores right there. Easy. Okay. Well, here, let me look through for something to talk about while you run away um, <laughs> with Fish and Josh. <laughs> so she can run across the street because he wants to. Drink alcohol. Let me see here. You could talk. Oh. You could talk about the like delve right into the topic and get straight to the listener comments on that immediately. What? Boom! Let's do it because the great thing about this topic is that um, we're doing a mashup of our own. But I wanted to sort of play with this idea. Now there has been some. Fi- I want to see what came to the top. You guys said there have been real <laughs> gaming. Ma- oh, fish missed it. Uh, Shay just mooned us on webcam. <laughs> uh, uh, Damn there- it. I know. Damn it. He's, she must be feeling frisky today. Um, there have been... I promise not to get too drunk because I want to be coherent, but I am not afraid of getting semi-drunk. Now, there have been some real mashups uh, with varied success. I'm sure you remember, Josh. Um, Team Ninja worked with um, the Metroid franchise with Metroid Other M. A game that I actually really enjoyed, but it was pretty controversial. And that was that's a pretty big mashup where the studio involved uh, with the Ninja Gaiden games was mm-hmm. making a Metroid game, which is a pretty big deal. Um, and we see those sometimes in the gaming industry, and they're really interesting. Like, I joked on the Instagram about how, you know, what if Rockstar made a Zelda game, which would be Josh's Nightmare. But um, they, the team that's making the Breath of the Wild sequel has come out and said that they have been really inspired by a, playing a lot of Red Dead. Um, Redemption 2, which also probably is a nightmare for Josh. Um, so, but it's it's interesting to see in our industry, but more importantly, like I wish we'd see it more because you just get those really cool um, sort of creations and, and, and match, mashups that you would not normally expect. So hmm. I got some good responses from our listeners um, that I want to run through real quickly here. And I want to see what you guys think of these, and then we're going to kind of create our own Dream Sword Chomp mashup, which is, you know, Shay promised us it was going to be great, so we'll see. I'm always <laughs> up front with our audience. We're going to see what happens there, um, and we can always edit it to become great, because that's the magic that we, uh, we can pull off here. Um, <laughs> uh, somebody said if Rockstar made Knights of the Old Republic 3, that was Akuna Matata. Now, that would be weird, because Knights of the Old Republic was a very... Um, traditional sort of bioware rpg it's hard to imagine rockstar making something like that um but if they did you would get the insane production values i think what he was is wanting from that would be probably the production values which as as great as bioware was 
you know, Rockstar's got a lot of money to throw behind uh, the games that they're making. Um, some of these are real weird. Look at this. Mm. Eric LaMandola said Naughty Dog making a Resident Evil game. Uh, that's interesting. Mm. Um, so you have to climb your be. way mm. away from the zombies. <laughs> swing, swing away. No, they made, I mean, Naughty Dog, to be fair, made The Last of Us, and The Last of Us yeah. has that sort of that's, tone. That's, yeah, yeah, if they, yeah. They already, it already they, exists, They already the kind Last of have of a us. horror franchise, and, and, and <laughs> yeah, it's they, really they good, do. so yeah, I can see them doing that. Let me tell you, Eric, if you go play yeah. The Last of Us, and if you haven't played it, you might already have what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is, that's my, The Last of Us is my biggest gaming shame. It's the only game that I promised to play before the sequel. Um, I just missed it at a weird point in my life. And I remember really wanting to play it because the developers said they were inspired heavily by like No Country for Old Men, which is like my favorite film. Um, mm. So that's my biggest gaming shame is The Last of Us. But I promise to our listeners I'll play it before the sequel. Um, Gears of War and Halo. Now that's a weird mixture. That's what uh, Jesse Gosconf said. Gears um, of War and Halo are kind of similar. I wonder what they want from those. Like, what do they want to mix? They want to mix the... Yeah, like, yeah which direction we're going there. Like, yeah. Like a Halo the... game with, like, Gears-style combat or vice versa? I assume that way, if I, if I had to guess. But... Well, like, they want a third-person yeah, like third cover shooter? Halo game. In the Something Halo like universe, that, yeah. which might not be a bad idea because Halo, I don't want to say it feels dated, but it kind of does feel a little bit dated now that Destiny has taken off and mm-hmm. feels so good to play. You know, we were talking about that with one of our VIP uh, members, Crumpkey, before the podcast. We went back and played the first Halo and she did. And it was just like, whoa, this is so weird. Like it was that's a classic game. It's legendary. I'm not talking shit on Halo, but it doesn't it feels weird playing it now, you know? It's slower. It's an older game that it had sped up a lot of things that were going in shooters at the time, but everything kept speeding up, so it feels slow these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And weird, almost like arcade whenever I played it. Like, the weird smoothness of it's kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe they just want to see Master Chief with a chainsaw. Maybe that's it. <laughs> just you know, it could be that. Fucking... It could be that. <laughs> Can you imagine Master Chief just... Because he has the suit on, so he's not going to get bloody. I mean... He just goes through like a car wash afterwards, and he's good to go. It sounds like they want Doom then. They Doom <laughs> oh, that's, that's kind of chainsaw yeah. and everything. So yeah, yeah. Have you heard? Yeah. Of, look, we're helping them out. We just told um, Jesse about Doom and Eric about uh, The Last of Us. So maybe some of these yeah. crossovers exist. Some of it happens sort of incidentally when uh, developers, like incidentally when developers leave certain companies, like. A lot of big people at Naughty Dog left to go make Call of Duty games. So you could see more influence in the cinematic nature of those storylines in there. Uh, not, you could almost count that as a crossover or a mashup because they were influential in creating a lot of uh, Naughty Dog games like Uncharted. So um, it's interesting. Interesting. Uh, Rockstar making a Pokemon game? No. I, the only reason I wouldn't want to see that is because they would just make it real real vile although it was rumored for a while josh mm. that um uh god retro studios was gonna make a pokemon game uh metroid prime fame and stuff yeah yeah i remember i remember that rumor hmm still not sure how i good. feel about that it, i don't know it depends what they did with it like if it was just like some completely different spinoff 
I could see it working instead of them trying to like I I wouldn't you don't want, want a traditional I wouldn't want to see like a mainline Pokemon game done that yeah. way I think but there's enough room in the universe to do a spin-off there I think well they would Retro Studios is good at this because with Metroid Prime they changed it to first person and kept the core of the game so they could keep the core idea of right. Pokemon <laughs> Shay's return to us with Suntory. I don't know what. Oh, I think I just saw the outline of Shay's member in those tight shorts he's wearing. The um, hot pants are in in Japan. Yeah, it's hot season. <laughs> you Man. guys. Mm-hmm. That's right, his. Me, what is that? What is guy. the drink that you ran down? Live on the podcast, he ran down and got a beverage. That's right. So it's this fall mm-hmm. apple flavor. Uh, they only have yeah. it for like one or two months during the fall. And it's so good. It is, man. It's really good. Um, look at oh, that yeah. beautiful candle. Look at that artwork. Look at that design. It's like mm. midnight blue. Man, it's beautiful. Actually, I'm gonna take like a quick apples. picture of like that. Peaches. I got a really good idea yeah. for okay. a quick picture. Yeah, take it for the VIP because people they're gonna be like, "What is he talking about?" So I'll put it on the Patreon page. All right. Um, All right. All right. I'll, I can do that. Nice segue. Yeah, Patreon.com/slash/swordchomp. VIP tier, you get access to our top secret Instagram page, and there's some cool shit on there, not just pictures of Shay's alcohol. Let me promise you. That's right. um, let me uh, let's, let me pop this open real quick. I know I'm interrupting. Let's you're let's fine. Take a drink together real quick. Mm-hmm. This is live. Right. I like I like shit to go wild. That's my favorite kind of podcast. All right. All right. Quick cheers, a, everybody. Cheers, Josh. Oh, fish. We all got our alcohol. Three years, mm-hmm. guys. Cheers. Cheers, cheers guys. And then 10 seconds of awkward silence as we drink. (laughs) 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 Ruined. (laughs) Just kidding. Shay, we've been reading a lot of these fantastic mashups. One of them involved Master Chief with a chainsaw. Um, No, there was a Gears of War Halo mashup. Um, uh, Anyway, so I'm kind of running along with the user ones first. Uh, This is pretty good. uh, Daniel of DC said, Hideo Kojima making... A Fallout game. That would be pretty wild. That would be cool. That would be cool because, like, it would be even more weird than Fallout gets sometime. You know, I would like that because that whole game started off as this kind of sarcastic takedown. And it's gotten more and more serious as it's gone. And he does an awful lot of kind of... I could see him doing really well with that franchise really yeah. well look Kaj- kojima does well with anything. even if he just handled the cinematics it would be fucking wild as hell um so yeah that'd be interesting what who i, I forget who's arxis because stuff joey does said arxis making a final fantasy fighting game arxis they do like guilty gear and stuff is that right or... um somebody google arxis yeah. for me why I I think that's a Man. different company you're thinking of. I still that's one of the greatest travesties travesties to me is that those Dissidia games, I've tried them. They're just not fun to play for me, and it's such a cool idea, like a Final Fantasy fighting game. Everyone loves a Final Fantasy character. They defend them on forums and get real heated about it. It's like Smash Brothers, you know? Like is this like Arc Systems or do you mean like Axis? He said Arxis, A R C, S Y S. They're spelling it correctly. Okay. I thought maybe it was the Guilty Gear people. We'll find out. 
But I mean, it makes me just think about how there, disappointing yeah, there, that's, what was, that's what's throwing me off there because there's Arxis and then Axis, which is another one that makes like the uh, like the nine 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 and a few of the other like uh, weird puzzle games. And so that's what I was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Arc, did you find Arxis? Yeah, Arc system is they do. Um, Blast Blue. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, they do yeah, some of the other yeah. fighting games. Guilty Gear like kind of stuff. Yep. And those games have incredible art, too. So, like, that kind of a fighting game, I would buy that day one, and that would be amazing because Dissidia is disappointing. And I would want to... Of course, people, they probably wouldn't put my favorite Final Fantasy character in there. Uh, Segway, stay tuned later because we talk about whether Squall is badass or an ass. Because he would definitely be <laughs> a character that we'd be playing in that game. Hipster Cowboy said Ubisoft making an Avengers game or... Marvel character-related open-world games. So Ubisoft, huh? Weird. That's interesting. They're almost getting that because right now you have um, the team that made Tomb Raider is making uh, a Marvel game. And yeah. shit, that's, is that Square? That's Square, yeah, Squaresoft, right? That was at the Squaresoft press conference. Mm-hmm. So They're publishing yeah. anyway. I mean, Square's got to be just as good. Maybe they really like Ubisoft-style, like, Far Cry stuff with all the outposts and that kind of stuff. Maybe they want that sort of... Tons and tons of stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a world you can get lost in, which would be lots of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We got a feeling it'd probably be in, like, the Spider-Man vein, because that was, like... That's been, like, the best example of it so far. So, something like that, and just, like, the whole... Not just Spider-Man, but the rest of the universe would be really cool. (laughs) This is a really fun one. What if Solid... Naaman said, what if Solid Snake crosses paths with Sam Fisher? (laughs) A crossover where they're like... (laughs) I I can see it. It wouldn't be much of a crossover, and this is not going to play well in audio, but this is the crossover. Them nodding to each other? Yeah. Yeah, no, they're both just not doing their own shit, and they see each other passing by. They yeah, nod, that's and they just move passing on. in the night like two yeah. ships. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Sam stumbles across a cardboard box, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's how it revealed Solid Snake. Now, yeah. I always had like a stubborn thing against Sam Fisher, which was a little prejudiced because um, I felt like they were trying to encroach on. Everyone was just like, "The stealth is better than Metal Gear," and I'm like. <laughs> I was like, you know, a hardcore Metal Gear fan. It's also the sound I make when I come. Um, it's horrifying. But that would be cool. That would be a cool crossover. Sam Fisher and uh, Solid Snake. As enemies, though. I want an enemy style. Hmm. That's what I want. I want them to be trying to stop each other. And you could pick each one. That would be badass. Like, there's two playthroughs. You can either play as Sam Fisher or Snake. Yeah. And Kojima works on Snake's side. Uh, Reverend Rock and Roll said, Yoko Taro making, sorry, a Zelda game would be horrifying and amazing. Uh, yes, it would. That would be a Zelda game that makes you think too much about the nature of humanity. And that would really fuck me up. Hmm. AKA Nier. If you don't know, Yoko Taro made Nier Automata in the first Nier, too. And he's, if, a lot of people don't know this, Yoko Taro has an Instagram page that's just him taking pictures of people's dogs. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> It's all it is. It's him in Japan taking photos of people's dogs that they leave chained up outside or at places. Just happy pictures of dogs in Japan. That's all that it is. It is the weirdest fucking thing. So, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, let's do one more. Uh, if Dark Soul... Okay, this is from software. 
Mr. Hicks 2299 said, if Dark Souls team from software made Resident Evil, then zombies would be tough. So like a Resident Evil style game with um, really, really tough, deliberate style combat. Um, that would be kind of Those zombies are already bully, bullet sponges, though. Bullet sponge? Yeah. Well, but to they're find not really to... all that lethal. They're just, they just kind of slowly walk towards you. So like if there was actually wow. a fight there involved instead of just... You know, Josh, you should in play. The eight times. You should play Resident Evil Two Remake. I'll tell you what, they are quite lethal and scary. Not the zombies, kind of are, but there's other shit in that game that's yeah, terrifying. Yeah, that's always been the thing. Like the zombies are not. It's a zombie game, but like the threatening things are like the dogs and all the, all the other random stuff in a Resident Evil game. Usually, it's mm-hmm. like everything but mm-hmm. the zombies will kill you. Actually, this is a good one too. Let's end on this. Troy Togo said. After Spider-Man PS4, I want Insomniac making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. Oh my god, yes. That would be awesome. Did you just say his name is Troy Togo? When it's Troy Togo? It could be anything. I don't know what it is. Troy Togo. It could be Troy Togo. I'm just... just, It's a screen name. What's a a Togo? What's a Togo? Like Like a little thing that you wear? Like a white... Like sheet that you wear, like a toga. That's part? toga. Oh, toga. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, toga. Sorry, Troy Toga. Um, what what else did you get at the convenience store there? You're snacking on in front of us all. Oh God, damn bastard! It. What what do you have there? Uh, this is very unprofessional. Uh-huh. That you're mentioning this. No, it's a uh, green bean, green bean, yeah. green pea snacks, and yeah, like, yeah. You got some Cheeto puffed, puffs. puffed green peas. Yeah. yeah, those are pretty good. Sometimes are they? I didn't. I didn't you get like to them? eat breakfast. They're good. I didn't get to eat breakfast. I mean, like I woke up. We immediately had to do the two Skype chats, yeah. and then we're straight into the podcast. So I haven't eaten all morning. Yeah. I don't That's know. True. They seem too soft to me. I've not had one where they seem to have enough crunch. Are those? Those still have enough crunch. I like to the. Them? I like the texture of the softness. Okay. All right. I guess yeah. That's if you like it like that, I just. Yeah, I feel like they should have more. I'm more. I'm more of a crunchy Cheeto guy than a, you know, Cheeto puffs guy. So that's why. They, yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. Josh. Yeah, the I, I don't necessarily like the puffs. They kind of stick into your teeth and yeah, and that's that's kind of just mush down in your mouth. Yeah, the pea the the puffed peas are uh, are fairly similar to the uh, the Cheeto puffs as far as texture. So it kind of it depends which team just you're on there. Think about which, it this. Mm. You know, you like when you take like styrofoam and you push push your finger through it, and you get that satisfaction that your finger is just <laughs> easily going through this. That's kind of mm. how I imagine these like yeah. Cheetos puffs or these green pea um, snacks, where you just like you just barely are crunching and yeah. you feel like a badass, like your teeth is just going through them. So yeah. you feel like Godzilla, kind of yeah. just eating humans. My teeth are like Saitama. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I name, um, I name my green my green pea snacks individually. I'm like Jerry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna eat you because I'm Godzilla over here. Huh? We'll learn a little bit more every day. It's true. Um, breakfast of champion. Yeah. Uh, breakfast of champions. Uh, alcohol and quite, quite, uh, quite a quite a fantasy life going on during during these meals. Yeah. He does. You know, Godzilla. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, it's it's the LARPing of my dreams. That's yeah. what the ladies. That's what the ladies around town call him, Godzilla. Am I right? 
I mean, it sounds like the most reasonable answer. <laughs> Only by comparison. All right, so um, we're going to try and make a Sword Trump-style mashup here. So I want Josh to kick it off because he's going to take the gameplay side of the boot. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, Josh gave me the look like, don't like, don't make me kick this off. Like, ah, this um, asshole. I can't have Fish kick it off. He'll, he'll kill me. Um, I should have Shay. No, I should have Shay kick it off because he started the topic. So, hmm. um, Shay, <laughs> I was yeah. thinking you could grab the story side of the mashup, but uh, I'm going to put the reins in your hands here uh, and see what happens. All right. We'll see if I can keep the chariot upside. But I, I was thinking about the writers I would want to write uh, for our hypothetical game. You know, I don't really know what kind of game we're going to make yet. I think that'll kind of come as it goes. Goes along, rather. And I was thinking that Greg Kasavin could be our writer. A, because I've already built some rapport with him. B, because... Uh, suck your own dick, why don't you? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> oh, he's a friend I mean, of mine. Me and Greg are friends. He's not, that's I wouldn't all. say he's a friend of mine. I, I, w- I wish <laughs> he was a friend of mine, but he's not a friend of mine. Um, no, I would say because, in all seriousness, I've really enjoyed the story aspect in all of the Supergiant games. Mm-hmm. I really Bastion, enjoyed it. Transistor, Pyre, Hades. Hades, the, my favorite part about Hades is learning about the lore of the game like granted my my criticism when we played that game was i felt like there wasn't enough story and it's more like you're talking with characters but when you are talking with characters i really enjoy that aspect of the game i enjoy that a lot and i just think he's a very very good writer um he takes a lot of time and he develops each and every character like especially if you think about something like pyre like each one of those characters were so fleshed out. Yeah. Um well, Yeah, ahead. so much more of the focus on that one was on the characters because the story was very procedural based on how your games went and how, different choices you made. Like all the other games have had a fairly set story that you get and this one the characters were great cuz they had to focus on that. That was where, you know, yeah. Yeah. When he and he wrote the narrator in Bastion as well, so different kind of styles for the writing to kind of uh, overshadow the story. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. yeah. All of his stories like have a lot of depth in them, and they they keep they move at a at a how do I word this? They move at a like a good pace, organic uh, pace, I, like with Bastion or with Pyre. Especially, um, I never felt like I was getting too little or too much information at once. I felt like his writing kept the story going at a good pace. I was able to absorb all the information that was being given to me. I felt I never felt like, oh man, I want more. I want more. I felt like I got the right amount. Uh, he mm-hmm. he's just a really good writer. He, I love you know because when I when I when I did interview him, I loved hearing about how. He went from a complete, uh, he completely pivoted. I mean, like, he used to review games and stuff, and then he decided he wanted to start writing story for games, being involved in the development process. And it's crazy, because he was that long into his career 
before he decided he wanted to do it, and he's so good at it. So for for us, I think they're he's the right choice. Um, you know, his games have some whimsy in them. There's a lot of seriousness. There's some uh, bigger meaning of life undertones in all of his stories. So for me, I think that would be the ideal writer for our hypothetical game. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that sounds really cool. Okay, I okay. So we have our start. We have our our. Let's say the story is sort of the skin. We got to find our bones. Though, all right. So Josh can now that he knows what he does know can pick the bones of the skeleton and pick the gameplay. And it's kind of scary trusting Josh with that because he's a sadist. But uh, I have no choice. Um, Gameplay, Josh, for now that we know what Shay knows Hmm. in our mock mashup here, what would be a good blend? I don't know. I had some ideas, but now I'm trying to think of something that would kind of work with that style of uh, of game. Kind of more of a... uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be top-down, but more of like a... Could. Kind of... Isomet, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be isometric. Type. It can be yeah, like most of them are level based, essentially, kind of like we'll hit this chunk and then story. Hmm. But that's them, not necessarily what you'd have to. Yeah. What sort of story would I like to see from him? He's done such a variety of stuff already. Hmm. What about like a From Software kind of thing? Do you want to see him expand on one of those kind of things? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like. I kind of like sticking with the same. smaller bite of a big world is kind of what you get with a lot of their games so far. Like, okay. it feels like there's so much more you don't see in their worlds. Yes. So, so, so something like Dark Souls could work. Could work with that. Because um, a lot of the time in those games, you just you get this tiny little slice um, of the overall picture. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if something like that would work. Um. Hmm. That's interesting because the way I wanted to take it, I, I mean, thought it would be cool if he did like a more he did something different. adventure style game, like a like a Tomb Raider or a an Uncharted. Hmm. Thanks for chewing on the podcast. Yeah, an Uncharted. <laughs> I wasn't chewing on the podcast. <laughs> I wasn't chewing yeah, on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, it was, uncharted. It was, it was just uncharted. A, a very uncharted. A very uncharted. full sort of an Uncharted. That's pretty funny. I think it would be cool, though, in all seriousness, if you did, like, an adventure-style game um, where... Stealing Josh's pick? No, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I think it would be cool because he's done, like, he's, like, all of their games have kind of broached on, or, like, Mm -hmm. uh, started to go upon that, but then they've never become just full adventure games. And I think... Yeah, with his character development, you know, but you can, like you I can see a Dark, Dark Souls, Souls too. Advent- Those are adventure games. They're considered adventure. They are, they are. They're they're action adventure. But I want to see like pure just adventure from those those guys. But Dark Souls would be cool too. I think Greg has the ability to um write like a really dark game. Like well, he Hades, could, he could have fun Hades, writing a lot like, of has the those lore. moments. Yeah, and you could have fun writing a lot of the lore and the ideas, right? Because Dark Souls is more shrouded in mystery. 
So we could write the lore, but if they wanted, they could have maybe a little narrator. Like, they never had a Dark Souls game with, like, a narrator, which would be interesting. To have someone sort of, like, narrating um, what you're going through. But Josh, final decision. What's it going to be? Okay, I guess he is. Josh, are you dead? We'll get there. Exciting. Throw it to fish. Throw it to fish. <laughs> um, although the idea of a From Software game is pretty interesting. Uh, so while we're mulling that around, fish, you're in charge mm-hmm. of the visuals because we all know that you are a graphics whore. Uh, and I say that. I like, love graphics. Yeah. <laughs> give me give me all the graphics out there. I love them. <laughs> give me your graphics. more pixels. Pretty is the game pretty? Nope. I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> um, does the does the rabbits look like dirt on the ground? No. <laughs> I can't get into this game. Eh, you know, the best graphics in the world is Red Dead. You didn't care about that. Okay, Fish, what do you think? We have our style here. Josh is still <laughs> mulling over some ideas. Um Shay, I mean, I've got I, it, but like it's it was a design team, so I'm trying to figure out like which to pick here since we're kind of picking a uh, a category, yeah, of, a, a name yeah. for this game. So that's what I was trying to work. Like, I was trying to figure out which one did what on the game. So that's so I got the oh, right like one there. whether it was Bloodborne or Dark Souls. No, 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 or... no. Well, I mean, it's close to that, but um, like I already knew, but there were multiple designers on it. So I was trying to find out who was kind of responsible for what. Anyway, I'm just going with the lead designer here, um, and I really think that Ag Alnuma would be great. Who did? He's designed a bunch of stuff at Nintendo, but Majora's Mask um, is another okay. one of those just so like a huge time worlds that you get just this little bite of because it's three days, kind of going through there, and you just you're trying to piece it all together. And I think that would the two of them together so far, okay, would be able to. That's a g- make that could something. fit well because you have an adventure game yeah. and it deals with time manipulation potentially, yeah. which. Which the super giant team would probably have a lot of fun with. Yeah. Um, okay, I like that. Okay, so fish. Right now we have an adventure style game, potentially mm-hmm. with time manipulation, like Majora's Mask, but with either a narrator cool. or a story written by the legendary Greg Kasavin of Super Giant Games, Pyre Bastion. Wow. And so you that's, have to decide a visual style for this puppy. A visual, yeah. That's that's a bit strange to like go off of. Like. Oops, sorry. Here goes number two. That was my alcohol. <laughs> right. Oh, you already finished your first one. Wow. I'm not fucking around. Nice, nice. No, um... I, I initially picked, you know, Tetsuya Nomura. And um, oh, belts and keychains, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> nice, pretty soft faces, awesome hair. Very oh, so Final Fantasy. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like that art style is always like stuck out to me as like, man, this is just. It's great to look at, like even like concept art designs from the games that he's worked on, like um, everything that he's produced as far as that goes, like. They've always kind of instilled like this feeling of uh, nostalgia for like an era of where I didn't have nostalgia, but for some reason these characters were able to like install, kind of instill that in me. But um, 
I don't know. His no, no, go with that. Your gut. I like that because that's what makes it weird. You got to go with your gut. See, people laughed at me when I used to tell them. I was like, Dude, Final Fantasy 15 was in my running for best art direction. It was in the running that year. It wasn't going to be mm-hmm. like No Man's Sky or Inside or anything. But I think those games get a bad rap because of all the bells and the funny hair. And so, right. But like there, there's the designs in those games, like a Final yeah. Fantasy game, like the monsters, the world, the weapons. Like it's all really fucking cool. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like it, 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 there's like this certain futuristic melding with it's, like. How would you describe it? Because it's fantasy. Yeah, it's like maybe it's, yeah, it's like fantasy, like traditional swords and stuff, but also right. like dropped into like 2080 or something weird. You know, like I always have trouble describing mm-hmm. Final Fantasy. It's not cyberpunk, it's not no. futuristic purely, but more, it's yeah. more futuristic than it's not. You know what I mean? How would you yeah. describe it? It's like a magical right. technology sort of a yes, thing. Yeah. Steampunkish at yeah. times as well with like airships. But it's not steam. Well, you can make yeah. a case that like nine is kind of well se- seven as well. The airship in that one was like uh, pretty much just a propeller, a blimp that was being propelled through the skies. Um, seven was They're the closest we got to just propeller. like pure sci-fi because they were they were trying to make yeah. that jump to uh you know the polygons and yeah you know all these the the, the new systems and and like they they dabbled with stuff with those kind of things before but seven was very sci-fi like let's try to make like it was it was Dark it was cyberpunk gritty, even because yeah. it was like it was sci-fi with like tons of magic involved and kind of it but there's an industrial yeah. nature to the games a lot of them almost like a yeah, that, that's kind of interesting. Uh, Shay just had a weird look in his eye. Um, why is Shay looking at me like, oh no, he fucked something up? What did you do? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. I didn't fuck anything up. Don't worry. Okay. Um, so fish. How about this? Let's narrow it down, then we can move on to me. Pick mm-hmm. a Final Fantasy game aesthetic that we can. That they, if you just say Final Fantasy or Nomura, it's wide. How about you pick one right. and we take that vibe and we'll dump it in the pot. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think of one that, like, kind of goes all over the place, so give you guys a bit of, give us some options as far as, like, what we want (laughs) to go with. Um, I want to say Final Fantasy VIII. Okay, so we're going to go Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. Stay tuned later to find out whether Squall is an ass or a badass. Um, tease that twice. (laughs) It's very important. We're on the eve of Final Fantasy VIII Remaster, guys! Okay. So you're gonna say eight because it's like futuristic technology. Um, mm-hmm. Eight's very clean futuristic for the most part. I yeah. would say. Am I wrong? Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, there, there's also parts where like it can it's almost like the like prison this and country stuff. vibe to it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're right. It's hard. God, it's really hard for me to. That's why I love those games. It's hard to like explain. Yeah, like even eight has yeah. almost got a post-apocalyptic vibe to it because it's all set after this major war and there's still a ton of damage going on i mean the war hasn't mm-hmm. ended in like 20 years or whatever it was i i can't remember how many years years the it's, war's been going yeah it's been a while fiction. yeah so okay, it's, it's no. so yeah that's one of the that's one of the beautiful thing about those games though is like they combine so many different like setting genres if that yeah. makes sense like they're set yeah. in so many different weird places but it's like you can't really say it works. I don't think I like it doesn't always work, but they always manage to make it their own. 
So whether it's a steampunk vibe, whether it's a post-apocalyptic vibe, whether it's a kind of a religious um, vibe or a man versus nature vibe, like whatever vibe they're going for with their setting and their their artistic design, they make it their own. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of respect for that. I really do. Maybe it's just Japanese science fiction. <laughs> they throw everything in there. <laughs> Japanese science fiction. <laughs> Um, I used to call them kitchen sink games because, like, ever that phrase, like, everything in the kitchen sink or whatever? Because, like, everything that they want in the game, they just throw in there and they make it work. Uh, guns, swords, swords with guns, magic, futuristic flying planes, din- you know, they, the railroads, they can do anything they want. There is no rule and they make it work. It's wild. Um, that's why I like that they're called the Final Fantasy because it's almost like <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> fantasy game. Okay, so we'll take yeah. that. Let me see it. Good job. Well, I got a good one that's going to meld this together in a fun way. And maybe it's someone that a lot of people aren't familiar with, and they should be. Um, but I've said this before on the podcast, and I stand by this. My favorite soundtrack of the last 10 years. Let's see if you guys know me. Can you guess it? What is it? Uh, you're not going to get it. Hotline Miami. Wrong. That's, but that's a good guess. Josh, it's the best mixtape, and I didn't want to do that for this game. Yeah, since that's kind of got... Music from everybody. Since we're trying uh-huh. to find a composer here, it kind of doesn't work for our purposes. Um, who is your? What is your favorite? Last ten years. That seems. I'm not sure how far back to go with this. It's not a Tomb Raider game. I know that. It's Marty O'Donnell. Did you say Wait, Rosie did O'Donnell? <laughs> <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell! A league of their own! I'm trying to trying to remember what game she scored. I want to see it, though. So That's like the equivalent of saying, like, flower petal penis. Was... Like, those words, like, they just don't go together. <laughs> well, sure they do. Flower petal penis, that sounds beautiful and sweet. Um... Sounds romantic. Um... I'm trying to think. Someone's got to guide the bees on there. So. Yeah, I don't have a. True. <laughs> I'm trying to think, what? man. Like I should know this. Like the past ten it's years. So weird. Um, yeah, give me a hint. Give us a hint. I'll give you a hint, and then we're gonna get to it because this, I don't know how much it'll make for good radio. Um, it is gonna line up well with Fish's pick accidentally. Destiny. No, fuck. What am I thinking? Uh, like a year would be helpful because the last 10 years is just too much. Mm, is it near Autonoma? Yeah. Yeah, that, that helps us all since none of us played that. Oh. that is that near? That is near. It's Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> just get just get to the hook and then I'll shut it off. Because imagine this. It's it's a futuristic world, right? It's a Josh's Majora's Mask style adventure time. You have the narrator pulsing in and out. Crazy futuristic Final Fantasy VIII kind of style in it. You're just so...
anyways, yes, fish was right. See, fish does love me after all. It is uh, the near Atomic hey. soundtrack. That's you love really me after funny. all, uh, fish. Wow, it's amazing. You know, I didn't even know it. Sorry, fuck that up. Um, I was gotten, I was got excited there. Man, just been hearing that for like five seconds. Like, want to go back to that game? But yeah, that was a soundtrack that um, it was all. It's Kichi Okabe. And I've been trying to get him on for an interview for In the Blood for God knows how long. But it's, it's, uh, the soundtrack has a lot of variance to it. Very epic and operatic. A lot of beautiful guitar and piano. Um, I mean, the Final Fantasy soundtracks have been incredible as well, but I want to do something different. I thought, uh, you know, Nomu Amatsu would be kind of generic, um, at this point. So, uh, I want to do something that's more specific. So, when you think about, our game. Now we gotta let's find a name, okay? Yeah, Majora's Mask style gameplay. Final well, Fantasy style looks. We got we gotta decide what kind of game it's gonna be, right? Like what kind of genre is this? Well Josh said adventure. Okay. Game. Okay, adventure style game. Alright. But where you get a small snip right. of the world. Josh, do you want the time manipulation mechanics? I don't even know if that's necessary as much as just seeing a like a small part of a world that's just like focusing on a village and then like, yeah, like, the out- like okay. yeah, like, um, I mean, the time manipulation so, would be neat if they wanted to like cut it down even more so, kind of the way that was, but I don't think it's necessary. Okay, I, I think that we'll, it will never be able to find a name, even if bad yeah. on it for hours. It's kind of probably pointless, but um, it's a cool game, it sounds like right now. If you imagine Majora's Mask dipped in Final Fantasy. Um, sauce, Final Fantasy VIII sauce, sprinkled with near Automata powder, and uh, grilled in the Bastion oven. Mm-hmm. It's, one, it's one delicious meal. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you satisfied with that, Shay? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a name. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> How? That's impossible. We'd just be grabbing random, I mean... So it'd be an adventure-style game with Final Fantasy mixed with Majora's Mask, mixed with Nier, mixed with Greg Kasavin. What kind of, like, if it's an adventure game, are we, are we, like, trying to make someone, like, Greg's Mask. It's Greg's Mask. Greg's Mask. (laughs) Greg's Mask. (laughs) Greg's Mask. I, I think it's Outside. <laughs> what? Hmm. Outside. Hmm. The game, hmm. the name of it's outside. Yeah. But it's I not outside. Should, that's the. That's I think the, we should. Compl- that's the twist. It's not actually oh, outside. It's all inside. Yeah. But the game, yeah. It's... I think we should... Josh. We need one more outside. Yeah, I think humanity. I think we should go for something. <laughs> Completely different. I think so. The adventure game should be a vacuum cleaner going around the world trying to clean the world, and it has to fight other vacuum cleaners to clean the world. Don't like that. So, we're gonna call it, we're gonna call the game, we're gonna call the game Sucker. Suck it. Suck it. Not suck it, sucker. Mm. Reminds me too much of the Jonas Brothers. How about? 
black people will get that. Um, <laughs> outside. Do you really, really? Outside. Fantasy. Oh, how about that. Hmm. How about Kingdoms of Amalur 2? There we go. Because we bought the company. We have a winner. And we're making the second game. God damn it. We're fucking making the second game. We have a winner. Kings of Amalur 2. Outside. <laughs> Kingdoms of Amalur 2. I love that game. Kingdoms of Amalur 2. Outside the Reckoning. Well, that was fun. Ooh. And I hope. I did. Outside the Reckoning. Outside the, the game. Reckoning. That's ah. the game right there. We got it, guys. Pack up and go home. All right. Kings, thank you so much for uh, THQ Nordic for sending us the IP for Kings of Amalur 2. And it's going to have a new aesthetic, <laughs> a new direction, and a new music uh, style. So that'll be great. And Greg, thanks for joining the team and helping make this with us. We have some super fun polls I want to run through here. Oh, man. This is... There's a, there's a lot to unpack here. So I teased the Squall thing quite a bit, so we should probably get to that. We like to do polls before I uh, By the way, I want to say, if you enjoy the craziness that we do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for our private Instagram, which is part of the VIP tier. Only five bucks. Uh, Squall was a badass or an ass? That was just a playful way. I'm trying to build a little hype for the FF8 remake. A lot of people message me about that. A lot of people are excited about it. Um, except Josh, we were fighting about the FF remake this week. Um, hmm. Josh took a shit. I wouldn't right call the... fighting. I would call it like dissenting. That's that's sad. that's what we can call the game, dissenting. Dis- dissenting. Oh, there we go. I like it. Uh, dissenting. No, that is it. a perfect you title. To, you keep trying to ruin a good name. <laughs> I like that's two the title. Names. Dissenting. I like two words. Dissenting. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, just called dissenting. All right, it's not so, it's not bloodborne, squall, not bloodborne, gore bath. It's just bloodborne. That's not neo ninja warrior or anything like that. It's just well, bloodborne. Still is it's a combination of two cool. It's just no, it's not. I know it's one word, but it's a it's an the idea is that you're born it's called born. it's called the compound word there, buddy. Yeah. That's what you're going for. Yes, yes. I, it's the same idea. You're born of blood. That's blood. not... Oh, my God. It, that's what it is! That's not what it is. Dissenting. It's Dissenting is the name of our game, as you can ironically and coincidentally me, tell by this bad. discussion. Our game's title Don't is Dissenting. Don't ruin it for me. Don't ruin it for me. Um, <laughs> so, this has actually made me happy. We have... 70% of our audience voted that Squall was a badass. Yay! Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, like, for yeah. the day and where, time. Where does, where does all his badass come from, though? Is it, is it his gunblade? It, so you don't think stoicism, he's a badass fish? fish? Or do you, why don't you tell me, Fish? How did you vote? It's a stoicism. Um, I didn't vote. You didn't vote? The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Sorry. You don't vote in our polls? You're a member of the I goddamn do. podcast. No, I I, did, I I do vote on our uh, polls every Tuesday on Instagram. Where? Where do you vote? Uh, them? Well, where were Format you, Fish? 
Wait, what? Where do you vote for the polls at? On Instagram, at Swordchomp. Oh, that's right. Forgot about that. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, was there a reason why you didn't vote? Um, because I didn't I fucking didn't want, want to I, get off his dick. <laughs> there you go. I put this. I put a squall up pole for fish. He's the squall man that I know. Get mm-hmm. off his dick. He had shit to do. It does. Really, you he can vote while you're taking a dump. <laughs> you can get vote. off his dick and get you off his dick with one hand Tuesday. while you, just get off his balls. Get He's a vote busy. in one hand while you clean up your sock with the other. All right. He had to go to the pork and get a hot dog. Dude, get off his well, balls. Still giving me a goddamn ulcer three years later. Hi, hi, hi. Well, 70% of our audience said that he was badass. What makes him badass? I don't know. Mine's mysterious. It was... I think it was like his stoicism. Like, that's, that's kind of the thing that was badass about Cloud, too, in some ways, is like, they're mysterious because they don't talk a lot. They just kind of let the world unfold around them. and you don't get a lot of their input. So you're kind of like you as the player for um, Final Fantasy VIII, you're kind of, you're left to interpret the world around you as it comes. And I think that was probably a, a, um, a cognizant choice on their part with both Final Fantasy VII and Eight is it, if they give you like specific emotions, then you have to feel a specific way. But if you have a protagonist and the or the main character um, that doesn't have a lot of emotion, that doesn't voice their opinions a lot, you kind of get to take that mantle. Like you take the place of that. Like in a way, we are all cloud or we are all squall in that situation. And yeah, I, I think that's kind of where that comes from is the decision by the developers to not infuse a lot of their thoughts and opinions through the main character. That way you could develop them yourself. And that kind of adds that mystique, that enigma and that stoicism there. Yes. Yeah. You leave them as a little bit of a blank slate and you can fill it in however you want. Um, but he had to look Absolutely. cool too. It doesn't hurt that he looked, he's got great hair. Squall's got great hair and a gun blade. He did. He did. I don't know about this, this new mm. game. His, I'm not digging the hair. His hair. But you know what? That's such a minor thing. That's a minor thing. Well, I don't know. Fish has great hair too. So if fish, fish had bad hair, hair, I don't no, know if I could look at it no. in the same way. It's just a minor thing. He'll get over it. <laughs> well, he does wear a hat a lot now. I'm not sure mm-hmm. I feel. What's 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 up with that? He does because he's tired of he's tired of people objectifying him. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to be known for his personality. Worded to... in protest. Yeah. He's trying to be objectified for his but great look hair. Look me in the eyes, Morgan. I'm right here. I'm trying to connect with you. My eyes are down here, you Morgan. <laughs> you could see, you could see my soul through my, my eyes, but you're too, you're too busy looking at my gelled, blow dried, quaffed hair. Yeah, Let's do the something about Mary thing. All right. Well, I agree. I think Just there's level of you running your irises through his hair constantly. Yeah. Every time you talk to him. I'm mentally, un- I'm mentally removing his hat, and it's just mm-hmm. inappropriate. <laughs> it's true. You get to know him before you ask him to remove his hat. Come on. Hmm. Uh, come on, get to know me first. Take me out to dinner. Um, 
I think Squall, yeah, like you said, there's when people are quieter, there's more mystery to them. That's part of it. And he just looks cool. Gunblade, cool outfit. He's a cool guy. He's attractive. Usually attractive people are considered cool. Um, and let's be at bad. It's just true. I mean, come on. It's just part of life. So I think it's a combination of things. And he's the hero. But I think that that's more to it. Like, I always thought Cloud was more badass than Cloud to me. But it was a little unfair because whenever I played Seven, he just looked like a paintbrush with spiky blonde hair and like a purple outfit. And I was, I couldn't really yeah. get a feel well, for him. That and it's really hard to compare because neither of them remember their personality until about 75% of the way through the game. Well, I'm curious, to be fair, on, Josh, I'm on curious. On seven and eight, so. The best part about this remaster is going to be like judging it or playing it as an adult, a 33 year old adult. And, like, seeing how that is, like, it's not just so I can gush over it being, like, it was, like, my favorite game as a kid. It's, like, I think it's fun to kind of go back to that. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I voted yes, but maybe I'll think he's an ass. Honestly, Renoa deserved better. So you deserve Seifer. No one deserved that mess. <laughs> she deserved better. I don't know. I hear Seifer was uh, misunderstood and a great lover. I heard that through the grapevine. Um, I don't really know. I, I thought this was kind of weird, but... So there was a new Star Wars trailer. I don't have a lot to say about it. I just wanted to see what people thought. And it was pretty positive, about 80%. I will say, this is one fun thing we can talk about. Because I know you guys probably have or haven't seen the trailer. There's a crazy double-bladed lightsaber that Rey has now. Where she... Um, it's like to, both the sides of the blade of the lightsaber are going straight up. Um, and then she can kind of snap it, and then it turns into like sort of a Darth Maul-looking double-bladed lightsaber, which seems weird, like kind of impractical. Like, how do you hold that thing if both, both blades are going up, and then you can kind of snap it down? I don't know. I like how when they try to always like up the last lightsaber, right? They're always like trying to find the cooler version of the. Yeah, it's gonna the take light. them a long time, but eventually they're gonna realize that they could just, you know, kind of lop the end off of it and and shoot you know, shoot the laser at other people from, from quite a long distance. You mean and a gun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll eventually get there. Well, a good Jedi can block laser bullets. Mm. I, will, I will say this. The, uh, well, how come they never done like a four-star thing where it's like, like, a, like four shooting out, you know, like a double-bladed and then an X, like a giant X saber. And they kind of twirled around like a baton or something. Sounds deadly. <laughs> I don't know, man. Why haven't they just invented like a blast where you're surrounded in a force field, man, but the blast goes in 360 degrees around you, man, and then it shoots like half a mile away, so it kills everything, man, but you. I mean, that would be my lightsaber, dude. Ray is a badass. She's cool. Great character. Cool lightsaber, also very attractive. Well, people are excited about that new Star Wars trailer. Jazzed about it. Don't look at me like that, Josh. Um, I'm a little buzzed. Hey, guess what, Josh? I put this in here just for you. How do you feel about Double Fine Games? Uh, came out to be about seventy percent, and we'll talk about Rad in a little bit. Uh, so people does seem like they really enjoy Double Fine games. I'm kind of sad because I've never had a Double Fine game that's really connected with me. I was, I was just wondering if you guys had, like Josh has, we know that. He loves Double Fine games. He's probably bought 
like a thousand of them. Fish, have you ever had a double fine game like uh, connect with you? Uh, I don't think so. Was was um, brutal was legend? It brutal legend? Was that actually a yeah, double fine it was, game or yeah. no? Okay. Yeah, I almost. I almost really liked brutal legend for a bit. There. Yeah, same here. Until like I found out like the gameplay, like exploring the world got kind of stale and like it kind of took a backseat to what they were really doing and like you could slowly watch that game like turn into something that you just weren't expecting yeah um but no i've never played any of the other games uh from double fine outlander what was that halloween game where like you could play as the costume uh, quest. headlander costume quest headlander sorry headlander you're right um uh massive chalice didn't they do that weird um, mech game we played on Xbox, Josh? With the... Uh, fuck, what was that called? Uh, what's their new name? Iron Brigade. It was, it was Bri- trenched, but it turns out there was like some European board game that had the same name, and I can't remember what it's... It's uh, Oh, they Iron lost Brigade, it. Yeah, they, I think. Yeah. They had to change the name after a while. I think it's Iron Stupid. Brigade, but the new name it's was Iron so Brigade. much less yeah, memorable than the original that I, I have a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Iron Brigade's kind of boring. That was all right. Uh, what is the best Double Fine game, Josh? Psychonauts? Is that your... It's, uh, yeah, it's Psychonauts. Holy... It's, okay. uh, yeah. They've got a lot of good stuff, but Psychonauts is just really good. Like, the writing grail. is up there. The gameplay is still really good because it's uh, like a uh, platformer, but not... I'm trying to think how to explain it. Like, it's kind of, it, 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 can't even say it was like at the tail end of the collect-a-thon type thing. Like, it was way after that had died. They just decided to make a platformer kind of on that, in that vein again. Um, with like, you know, the same sort of level on a boss and then tons of collectibles in there. Way after the fact, and it, it just worked for what they were going with. Um. Very unique premise and setting yeah, is very, what they were going very for. Yeah, very unique, because all the levels are different Different people's minds that you're going into as this uh, um, psychonaut defending, defending the psychic um, realm from, from evil. So, yeah, it's, 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 it was cool. It, yeah, I, I, I can't wait for the second one to come out here, because that's been in development. For Isn't that this year? Isn't that, like, pretty soon? No, it's no. um I'm not sure what the projected date is, but they're they're getting there. I don't think it's this year. I think it's I think it's supposed to be next year sometime. Um Okay. I've just heard a lot about people like previewing it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know you're a big psychonauts guy, and that's a that's one game that I kinda wish I would could try out. It's it was received really well critically, but I it's more of a cult classic because it didn't didn't sell particularly well, but it ended up having like a very passionate. Well, I wouldn't say it sold poorly. Who knows how much it sold now? But I know it had like more of a cult following, right? Yeah, at the time, because it was original was Xbox. Original Xbox, and that just kind of it. They built a very particular audience at the time, and yeah, no one Mountain wanted this cartoony-looking <laughs> game with you know platformers. Like, we don't, we, we don't want any of that. We like controllers that our hands are really too small for, but we don't want to admit to, and in the color green. Uh, so, hey, yeah. look, Blink's the Time Sweeper was on the Xbox, Josh, mm-hmm. and that is <laughs> eternal. 
Um, <laughs> shout out to Blinks the Time Sweeper, who is literally a cat with a vacuum, which kind of lines up with Shay's weird vacuum joke from earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, strangely enough, and time. Strangely jumping. enough. Wow, Blinks the Time Sweeper actually exists. Maybe our maybe our creative <laughs> game was there the whole time. Oh man. <laughs> oh god that's amazing that's really amazing i love how these things just happen all right so uh guess we'll have some double fine love in a bit rad is something that i know josh would probably like to talk about in a little bit here and i thought this was kind of funny um they said i asked the audience i said did you ever realize that it was just a regular boy on the no man's sky cover art and 63% of the audience said, oh, wow. Or what, what does an Australian say? Crikey? <laughs> Crikey! You went through like three different British accents to try to get to that Australian <laughs> accent. <laughs> and he never got there. <laughs> no, he did not. No, he didn't. Uh, like, yeah. uh. Never having these white claws again. Um, Crikey. I just had... I just, <laughs> I just had one of those moments where I was looking at the No Man's Sky cover, the first one, I was like, wow, there's like a little, there's like a boy on there. Just a regular teenage boy who, weirdly enough, someone messaged me and said that his hat looks like a Pokemon ball. And it's true. His hat does look like a Pokemon ball. It, but it was just like a regular kid in a hoodie that anyone could relate to. And uh, I was like, I don't think people really know that. And I guess I was kind of right, because 62% of our audience was like, weird. Now they're all about, you know, the explorers and like the spaceman looking thing, but I kind of thought it was cool how it was like the first cover art of that game was just like a regular looking dude, you know, like me and you, like a teenager lost in space world, which is what I was doing at the time. Just a lost kid wearing a hoodie, exploring Mm -hmm. the world. Yeah, but you didn't have the backwards hat. This hat is not backward, so. Oh, it isn't? No. I think uh, you should go look at it, Harold. It looks, it's weird, Fish. It kind of looks like a, a Pokemon ball with a VR goggle on it. It's, 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 whoever drew this, I would like to ask them, like, what in the fuck it's supposed to be. It's clearly there's supposed to be a hat, but it doesn't look like one. So, I don't know. I just spent, like, ten minutes staring at it, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make other people stare at it now, because that's what I want to do. Here, I'll send it to you, Fish, in the WhatsApp. Enjoy. Yeah, let me stare at it now. Enjoy me. Tell, tell me what you think it looks like. So, I'm glad I can... Kind of show people that oddity. Let's see what else we got in the polls here. Oh my god, I'm excited about this one. But first, 62% of our audience is buying Control over Astral Chain, which isn't surprising. Control is a little more mainstream appeal. Both games are getting reviewed well. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Uh, in like the 8.8 range to 9 range, um, Astral Chain is the new action game from Platinum. And Control is a game that Josh... Josh, do you have like a 20, 30 second breakdown of Control? You've played an hour of it so far, right? Um, Yeah, I had computer issues at the time and uh, yeah, I've not been back to it because I was... I want to try to finish up a couple games before I end up upgrading my computer and have to do a wipe. So I was going to kind of give that one a break for now. Um, But as of the first hour of it, the story seems really interesting. You kind of start out wandering through this uh, building that can't physically exist, which is cool. It's neat that they did that. I mean, it's uh, it's a physical place that they managed to make there. It's not like they're not doing any weird loading stuff like uh, um, uh, what's the name of it? 
I'm completely blanking. Something starts with an A. Anyway, um, but <laughs> but they're 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 doing this thing where like you're you start off in this building and you make like two turns yeah. and then you're back in the exact same room even though you know you can't be facing the same direction. Oh, um, okay, weird. But so they're kind of fucking with your mind. Yeah, in like a kind small of messing space. with your mind in order to get this whole the world is not what it seems thing across, which is really cool. Um, I've been very unimpressed with the gunplay so far. The the guns don't feel good at all. So, like, I'm hoping kind of going forward there are a lot more abilities and stuff, so I just have to interact with the guns as little as possible. Because mm-hmm. um, the melee feels good. If they start adding in other, like, psychic abilities, like I've seen in the trailers and stuff, hopefully you'll just eventually never have to fire that terrible, terrible gun again, which would be great. Uh, Isn't it like a changing gun? Isn't that the thing with it? It's like a weird evolving changing weapon? Yeah, it's a... Like, I was mentioning this on the stream, it's got this weird thing where, like, it constantly reloads ammo, like, a bullet at a time. Like, if you give it half a second, it'll start reloading. Um, It's this weird sort of, like, sci-fi gun, which is is cool in concept, but, like, the actual gunplay is just bad. Uh, It doesn't feel good. Wow. At least so Um, far. So far. Yeah. Well, they took it. They t- I've heard that it's the shell of Quantum Break, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm really interested in the story so far, and hopefully, I'll get to a point where I really don't have to interact with that gun anymore, and that would be great. <laughs> so, well, Josh is going to be our control enthusiast, perhaps next week, unless things change. Because man, people are that game. I have had more people talking. It's weird. Like I didn't think there was that much excitement for that game. And that is like one of the games I've gotten more messages about from than anyone. It's so weird. I just hmm. strange. I don't I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. Like I didn't I didn't really think control was gonna be a huge thing, but people seem excited about it. Like a lot of people are sending me pictures of themselves just buying it flat out and I don't know. It's weird. Like it just within our community at least. So I don't know. I would like to be able to provide them with that, but it's sixty dollars for like a and it's I'm hurting right now, so we'll see. Maybe unless we decide to all split it, I would really love to talk about it. But at least know that Josh will be playing it, so you'll get a full breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, how is the main character so far? Like the voice acting, the style of her um, early on. It's hard to tell right off the bat because she kind of starts off. Um, they do this neat thing where she's like talking to a voice in her head that is kind of um showing her things that don't really make sense. Um, as if they have a history, like there's something going on there with her brother. Um, so it's, it's not like a character, character that doesn't have much of a story. It seems like she's got a lot of a story. We just know none of it right off the bat. Like you just, you jump right into it. Um, so I'm really curious about it. I I don't know how that's going to pan out yet, but I'm liking the way they're kind of feeding you little bits of information about who you are as you go through the game. So. Yeah, keeping it mysterious. Cool. Yeah. And and this one is interesting because me and Shay have been playing or Shay got me into this show called Mindhunter, which I really love. Um, and I was waiting anxiously for the second season, but um more importantly, I know a lot of our fans watch it because people are talking about it. One of the most interesting polls we've done, it was almost split down the middle, fifty two percent. There was a famous case um uh in the late seventies and eighties, early eighties called the Atlanta child murderers case. And for people that don't know about it, basically 
Wayne Williams was the man who was suspected and convicted and is still in jail for, he was only connected to two of the murders, but they had forensic evidence connecting him to more, but they can only try him for two of the murders. Um, now there's a lot of this, that is the focus of the new season of Mindhunter along with the BTK killer. Um, but I find this really interesting because that was at a time where forensics evidence or forensic evidence was still very new, you know, and the, the FBI obviously with the new, um, that new department where they were dealing with sort of interviewing serial killers and learning more about how their minds work to shorten, maybe potentially solve cases was also very new. Um, like the, the, there's a lot of interesting things to untangle here, but I'll say this. They found obviously carpet fibers and dog hairs that matched Wayne Williams's home. They were linked that to several of the victims. That's what ended up getting him convicted. And all the child murders stopped when Wayne Williams went to jail, which is kind of interesting when you look at it. But our audience was split. Um, 52% said he was guilty as hell. 48% said they were not sure. And that was just because they could never really officially link him to a lot of the child murders. There were some really interesting things the show outlined that were very true, because I did a lot of like actual research to make sure what was fake and what was real. Like he was literally, um, he was trying to create his own like Jackson Five group, right? And very, but he was handing out flyers and basically recruiting children within that exact age to sort of come back to his studio, get in his car. He was meeting them. And he said he was trying to meet talent, but literally he was doing that with children who were the exact age of the kids that were murdered. And he also was very unsuccessful at his job. So basically it just looked like he was picking up kids and they couldn't figure out how this guy was meeting these kids. And then it was like, oh shit. Um, a lot of people at the time think it was still hang on to this belief that it was like a member of the KKK, which may have actually killed some of the people and sort of buried that under the news. But the interesting thing there is that it had been very difficult for someone in the KKK to get into a lot of these black communities where at the time, um, where, uh, Wayne Williams got into, at least that's the theory because, um, when they did some experiments with people around the investigation, they would try to go into these communities, but it's very obvious. It was like a white guy here. You know what I mean? Um, that's just the theory, but it doesn't obviously prove anything, but, uh, do you guys, there's a lot to unpack here, but do you guys know a lot about the case? Do you have any, any interest in it? I know it's kind of a selfish thing here, but, no i don't i mean like i enjoy the show Mindhunters. obviously like you said i got you into it and i've been star i started the second season uh yesterday actually and um i enjoy the show because i enjoy kind of like the intrigue behind it but i like i don't get off like i don't enjoy particularly looking up like serial killers or murderers or like mysteries or anything like that it doesn't interest me because I feel like, in a way, that's kind of... And I, I understand, this is just my opinion, for me. I feel like if I support it, I'm kind of glorifying the the mystique behind it and the fact that it's happening. So if I, if I support that in any way, then that's going to possibly encourage other people. Because it's, it's like, it has such a high glorification in our culture right now. So, um... On top of that, like, I have other interests that need my time and focus right now. Like, I don't have a... I feel like I never have enough time to play video games, you know? Like, I, I never... 
I, I'm always trying to catch up on video games or TV shows. Like, I have no interest in researching murderers, in my opinion. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, that Shay has just slammed all the murder research. I, will, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I've never really been into the, the murder research side of things. I think the reason I got into this was because of the show. But more importantly, like, the unsolved ones frustrate me. Because, like, this one, for me, it's pretty clear. There's enough evidence. I mean, from hearing the, the splash in the river and finding him on the bridge and finding out what he did, then finding the carpet fibers and the dog hairs linking to him. Like, everything lined up factually in a way that I felt comfortable with what they did. But there's still a lot of people that don't believe it. And, like, even with, like, the BTK killer, who was an idiot and turned himself in at the end, he would have never been caught. He was a, like, and like, I think I have a fascination with those because they're frustrating to me. Like I, it's very frustrating to imagine people that are taking so many lives and we're unable to, to catch them. Like our, our system is, and especially back in the day, because forensics and, you know, science and everything was still evolving and, and learning. Yeah. Yeah. And like that stuff, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's disheartening to see that like, there are certain people who do like really bad things, uh, consistently and they get away with it kind of thing not just murder but other things and it's it's disheartening for sure but i think that's just human nature i think there's always going to be people who slip through the cracks and get away with stuff so to sit there and focus on those specific specific jesus specific elements uh i don't know like i have other things i would rather focus my time and energy on but i will admit that like yeah, it's it's interesting how certain people get caught and others don't. And that if you were to analyze it and I think this is where it becomes more interesting for you, if you analyze the psychology of like certain people, like the ones who get caught versus the ones who don't get caught, is there a similarity psychologically? Or are there certain traits which there are? But are there certain traits that allow them to be more successful at doing what they do and not getting caught, then yeah, that part's interesting. Yeah. And I understand a lot of people do like to focus on that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's not something yeah, that I, mean, I would spend the, any time. I, I would think slipping through the cracks is just a rough way of describing killing 28 people. Though. And I think of killing 28 kids. I mean, that's, that's, that's insane. I'm, like to get, I'm, to I'll like making it get... more like a broad spectrum i mean like you think about in the 90s when all the church burnings were happening from the uh black metal bands and like uh people couldn't figure out who was doing this and why at first and then they started just attributing it to black metal culture and nothing else and they didn't try and understand kind of thing like like there's that or there's like people who um do other bad things i'm trying to avoid listing very specific bad things i'm trying to i'm trying to put it under a broad spectrum because like murderers aren't the only group of people that can do habitual crimes you know there are people who get repeat duis and stuff like that and then you wonder like why why are you driving drunk time and time again and then there are people who drive drunk all the time and don't get caught I, you know, no, I like know. just like shit like that. I'm trying to put it under a broad umbrella. I think that just murder right now is such a glorified part of our culture and whatnot. Um, but I understand but I, what you're saying. I, I don't know if it's fair to say it's glorified. I don't necessarily feel like it's glorified, but I do agree that it's very it's a popular interest right now. I mean, the reason I try to to 
not I can't get it as into it as some people do is because I can't really I get a lot of anxiety when I hear about uh, murder, especially when it's real and it's just like something I don't like to think about. I don't like to think about death and murder of children. Like it's just I can't dwell on that stuff. Um, but Shay, you got me into Mindhunter, so this is your. F- if you're interested in Mindhunter, you're probably more interested in that stuff than you think you are. I I don't know, man. Like, uh, probably. Like, if I were to sit down and like realistically, dude, I could be interested in almost anything. I feel like if I had the time and and the uh, desire, like I could I could gain an interest in almost anything. I'm always curious about pretty much anything. Um. I like to have knowledge. I like to know things, but yeah, there's other things like, uh, I posted on Twitter the other day. I've, I feel like the more we've gotten into podcasting and streaming, the less I have time to actually play video games. Cause I'm focusing on so many other things like researching how to be more effective at streaming, like certain things yeah. we could do with yeah. our stream or certain things we could do with our podcast or, you know, all these kind of behind the scenes stuff. And it's like, for sure, well, for sure. I'm, I'm already devoting all this time to these other things. So yeah, I like, I, I, I get guess it. What I'm saying, I'll, I get it. I'll be curious what you think whenever you finish the show, because I, it set me down a wormhole that I did not expect it to go in. It's not very, and I might, you know what? I show. might go down that same wormhole. I'm like, I find myself doing weird Google searches from time to time. Like, uh, I'm like, Oh, why did the Jonas brothers take a hiatus? And I'm like, wait, why am I researching this? I don't give a shit about the Jonas brothers, but I'm like, I'm looking this shit up, you know, like that's the beauty. That's a double-edged sword of having a smartphone, a mini computer at your beck and call. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, that's all Shay's fault, but it's something a lot of people I thought were interested in. Honestly, interesting. Wayne Williams guilty as fuck. God damn it. That's my opinion. Um, all right, so yeah, Mindhunter, by the way, is amazing. If you haven't checked it out, it's uh, one of my favorite shows. One of the, weirdly enough, one of the few shows I think I could watch several times. I don't really know why. I just love it. My wife, weirdly enough, she loves those murder documentaries, but she's not as into Mindhunter. And it kind of pisses me off because I'm like, she's obsessed with the murder documentaries, but I watch Mindhunter and she looks bored. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm finally into something that is close to your interests and you have no interest in it. It's just it's the nature of my existence, I tell you. Um, Maybe yeah. she doesn't like things that you like. Maybe she wants to have her own things. We like some things, but I mean, it's just one of those. It's tough, man. Marriage is tough. Um, that's it for the polls. I want to thank everyone who voted. It was a lot of fun, a lot of interesting topics this week. We're going to talk about the games we've been playing in just a little bit here, as well as I want to say we've got a lot of kind comments. We asked people what their favorite sword chomp memories were over the past couple of years. And I got some really good comments to read as well later on the back end of the show. But first, we have a word about our amazing new sponsor. Take That's away, right. Let's, yeah, let's talk for a moment about our sponsor for this week's episode, who is Poster Burner. Woo! It's a convenient website that allows you to take your pictures that you have taken, collected, aggregated, what have you, and you can turn them into posters, decals, ornaments, dog tags, mouse pads, and so much more. You can even make them into collages. Yes! Wow! Morgan, you can make a collage of your favorite No Man's Sky photos that you've taken. Uh, I've taken a lot, let me tell you. A lot. Um, 
Why are they called poster burner? Is it because when I print out that Jessica Negri poster, my wife's going to burn it immediately? Um, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but, you know what? They do have incredibly fast shipping, Morgan. That will... <laughs> And that will get to you lickety split. The poster that Josh actually ordered came in really quickly. And he was pretty impressed with the quality. Oh. Right, lickety Josh? split shipping. Look for the lickety split yeah, shipping. Yeah, lickety option. split is. Uh, <laughs> you don't often see that in a, in a drop down menu, but uh, yeah, the you lickety split shipping. You can get expedited shipping, shipping a... normal shipping, or lickety split. Or lickety split. <laughs> poster burners, yeah. lickety split shipping. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't splurge and get the toot sweet shipping, but Lickety Split was very good. Just uh, the same. Can't wait to Lickety mm. Split my Jessica Negri. Jesus. We, we, is this. Is this what T- we're doing? Tell me about the quality of the poster, Josh. <laughs> tell me about the quality of the poster. I, I've been. I mentioned this the, the first time we talked about it, but the uh, poster quality was really good and maybe just really happy just kind of on a personal level just because it was a uh, photo that I took years ago that I've always liked and wanted to get blown up. Um, and yeah, it, like it's all the colors are just as vibrant as I wanted. Um, just as distinct. Like it, I blew it up to about two by three feet and it still just looks amazing. Like they've, They've done an excellent job with it, and that's always something that, if you're gonna, if you're buying something to hang in your house, you don't want something that's kind of, you know, don't want to skimp on quality. Yeah, you don't exactly, exactly. This is something you're gonna have around you all the time to look at. You don't. Yeah, you're gonna want something good there, and yeah, I've been very, very pleased with it. It looks good. Yeah. So if there is an image you have in your mind that you forever want to burn onto a medium, a fabric, oh. Oh. a poster, hmm. please check them out at posterburner.com. I will do. Believe me, Shay wasn't joking. I got a lot of No Man's Sky pictures that I just... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Really I, know. I can so see many. you doing that. It's a collage. All the pictures are really tiny, but the collage ends up creating this giant picture of Fish's six-pack. So that's really what I want. <laughs> that would be awesome. Just a bunch of little no man sky photos and it ends up being, yeah. I love it. The navel Just of the fish. Most- that's what you could call it. The navel of fish. Everything revolves around fish. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay, cool. Yeah, that's an exciting sponsor, and they do great work. So. Check them out. Um, we got some games to talk about here. The full rundown. We got Days Gone, Rad, and No Man's Sky. Let's start with Rad, Josh. I know that you've been playing Rad on stream. Uh, Double Fine, I alluded to earlier, is the creator. So what is this sort of like? It's a run-based game set in a wasteland, right? Is that the basic premise? Uh, yeah, it's sort of a uh, roguelike, uh, top-down, looks uh, like... Uh... I was going to say twin stick shooter, but it's it's not really. Like, it's it's usually melee-based uh, sort of attacks. Just more of like an adventure game sort of a, a feel to it. Kind of an action mm-hmm. game. Um, but then you can get, depending on the power-ups you'll get, you'll you'll get stuff that'll almost turn it into like a twin stick shooter. Uh, just to kind of depending on... It, it, the upgrades in this game have changed the play style more than a lot of other games that I've played, which I've really enjoyed. 
Um, I've not gotten farther than the second world so far, so I don't know if it's going to be something where um, just getting to the end of the game might be really tough. Like, it, it's, it's sort of... Did you see a lot of variance when you got to the second world, like, visually? and like was Yeah, it a big change? yeah, the first world is sort of like a radioactive wasteland like you usually see, but the second world yeah. is... A, at night, which normally doesn't sound like a good thing, because normally you just end up with, like, a bunch of gray yeah. mess, but it's just, like, this dark forest with, like, tons of blues and, hmm. like, kind of, like, these bright electric colors yeah. going on, and it looks really good. Um, like a Tron thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it is dark, because it's night, so things will kind of jump out at you more so than uh, than the first world. Um, but it doesn't feel like cheap, really. It it feels like it's stuff you can kind of. So it's kind of used for the challenge, like mm-hmm. it's the, the darkness. Yeah. 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 Um. Um. So what's the the combat? Is it? I've heard mixed things on the actual feel of the combat. How do you feel about the way it feels? Like it's. Um. I like it. I like it because it's kind of. I mean, I I hate comparing things to Dark Souls, but it's got the same sort of long cooldowns on a lot of the animations and stuff. So you okay, it's, animation it's, priority it's, kind of stuff. Yeah, it's got the it's got the sort of long enough animations where you can get yourself in trouble. Sort of a combat to it, um, where you 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 need to learn enemy attack patterns uh, because if you just kind of wildly swipe at stuff, you won't do well in the game it is it's not that sort of a game you've got to like get in a hit whenever you've got a chance and then get back out of there uh with the the... art style is very strange how do you feel it's weird like so the front of the box is like a kid with a baseball bat with like a little creature and i guess mutated because he's got like a scorpion tail kind of a thing (laughs) well i mean that's the thing like you start off as just a regular kid each time and then okay. depending on the different mutations you get as you go, because all the, all the upgrades in this one are different mutations that you get. Oh, that's cool. So that's the gameplay hook is you're mutating in the wasteland. Yeah, and like as there. you okay. go, you're killing more and more of these mutated monsters uh, Well, as you try to go save the world and whatnot. And as you're killing them, you're, you know, getting all the radiation that they had to begin with. And so you just kind of level up and uh, you start mutating as well. And so you end up, with just like mm. a wide variety of just crazy different abilities and yeah, like it's uh, a lot from what I've seen so far, like the mutations are fairly different, but they'll they'll give you different ways around problems you'll have. Um, for for instance, I mentioned you start off in kind of this irradiated wasteland with like toxic toxic sludge around and stuff um Mm -hmm. and you'll see items kind of like sitting at the bottom of these toxic pools that like even though you're collecting radiation the pools of sludge are still going to kill you uh, yeah at least do a lot of damage and you'll get different mutations that'll allow you to get the stuff out of the pools um like either uh you can just uh, you might evolve a resistance is it randomized to a degree, like what you evolve to? Yeah, it seems to be very random. Um, I'm not sure. 
from what I can tell, it seems like it's got a smaller pool that gets larger as you go because on each run, uh, like the only thing you really transfer with you is any money you've banked because it's got sort of sort of like a Majora's Mask banking system where you can, if you decide to not spend your money, you could just put it in the bank and you'll have it there for the next run. Um, yeah. And there's like a player level which doesn't power you up at all but it unlocks different random stuff that can happen um so the game will get more and more random as you go that's cool i like the random idea to it where you just kind of never know what you're going to sprout mm-hmm. um yeah and so you'll kind of have to solve puzzles in different ways like i was mentioning before like with the the, the pools where like you can either just evolve a poison resistance or um one time I evolved poison feet and it didn't say that it made you immune to poison, but I figured, well, I've got these toxic feet. Maybe I can walk through the sludge now and, and you can. Um, Are those permanent, those mutations? They're or permanent until you run. Die? Like until you die, oh, you've got them. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, like you'll, you'll kind of, you'll, you'll end you up getting a, you- a different set of tools each time through the game and you have to kind of figure out how to get where you're going which is which is where the whole learning enemy patterns and stuff comes in because you're going to be playing it a little differently but the enemies are all going to be basically the same each time i mean they're in random Mm. spots and stuff and you'll be kind of seeing so do you you sometimes get mutations that you feel are kind of a bad role and not super helpful um i mean some of them feel stronger than others definitely but i'm not sure how much of that is just um, which ones are easier to get value out of than, than some? Uh, for example, a lot of the ranged mutations feel fairly strong because they'll let you attack stuff without having to get yourself in a melee range and put yourself at more risk. So they're mm-hmm. definitely safer. Um, okay. However, enemies will dodge your range attacks just like you can dodge their ranged attacks. So even the ranged stuff doesn't feel super overpowered, but it definitely feels safer, uh, which if it's a run-based game, you die and start over. So safe has an advantage until you kind of learn it. But I, I, feel like, I feel like you can make any of them work. It just, it's going to kind of depend on your familiarity with each mutation. Gotcha. That's cool. That's interesting. Do you feel like that is how much did you pay for? It was like fifteen bucks, twenty bucks? It, uh, I'd have to look. I'd have to look. I'm not sure. It's been a couple weeks now, so I, I think it was around the twenty dollar mark, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that's on the Switch too. I think I saw that. I, I think uh, it's on were... everything currently. Basically yeah. everything. So rad. Mm-hmm. Probably run that on my PC if I wanted to. Um. Cool. So, what's your enthusiasm level? Would you say are you liking it? Really liking it? Loving it? Kind of in the I'm middle? I'm really liking it so far. Um, it was it. It felt a little rough going forward because a lot of these games you just kind of hack away at stuff and you'll you know like kind of stun lock them or whatever and don't have to worry about eating hits. And it's not that sort of game. And so right off the bat, I wasn't I wasn't sure how I was going to like the combat. But then once I kind of realized that enemies will hit you if you're if you're just not respecting them and kind of treated it that way i've i've been enjoying it so yeah it it kind of it's tougher than a lot of the uh 
roguelikes that I've seen lately. So, yeah, cool. I think it's going to be a challenge to get through. I know you love a challenge. Well, that's rad. And, uh, yeah, I've heard a lot about it. Our friend Richmeister was Twitch streaming it as well. So, cool. Um, cool. All right. Uh, so, I want to, me and Shay have a lot to unpack here with No Man's Sky and Days Gone. Fish! I want to get you involved, though. Oh, my ever quiet, my beautiful, quiet man. Um, Hello. Have you, did you, did you play anything this I'm week? Here. What did you play? I know you hate video games and all, but what, did you play anything? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Uh, I played some Apex Legends with Shay, I think, last week. Last week, yep. That was last week. Yeah. Yep. That was, that was, that was last, last week. week so. Thank you for answering the question. This week. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm I know you played some No Man's Sky with me. Gosh. Did you play anything alone without another human being? Um... That's a no. That's a no. That's a... Yeah, that's a, that's a hard no, actually. Yep. A hard no. That's a hard mm. no. I love a yeah. hard no. <laughs> all right well me and fish did play a little no man's sky on the stream which was a bit of a clusterfuck um only because i asked fish to try and get to where we could play multiplayer together yeah and he decided to yeah get and it. i i i played that alone as well yeah. so well, i appreciate that. actually yeah i did, did i did yes, play it alone okay. yeah so but then the day okay. of the stream you went to the gym instead of making sure you were leveled up and uh, I know. I thought I was uh, like good to go, actually, but apparently, like the tutorial was, you know, they they. I'll give them this. Like in Beyond, like they definitely streamlined the tutorial this time around. Like I've I've seen since the beginning of it uh, and revisiting um, the game every year um, as they come out with these big patches and updates. Like seeing how they like tackle like their tutorial Different has been interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like. I've seen it so many times, like, I I wonder, like, <laughs> is this going to be the one where, like, I could just jump into the game and actually feel like I'm having fun? And it, I I think they did do it with this game, but they just, they just it still just feels some, like it's something forced. Like, they force you to b- start building a base. They want you to build, like, a telecommunications type of warp thing that lets you um, teleport between, you know, uh, one of those... Um, merchant ships or in, or your base um and it kind of, i understand well, you why have they to want know to how to do things so yes right yes, yeah this yeah. is the thing that made me laugh the most fish was yelling at me because he had mm-hmm. the tutorial again now he was being fair about it yeah he was yelling at me because he had to do the tutorial again but he had done all this on his account that he had but for some reason when he's when he sent the Xbox he had to Shay, he, like, started a new account. I don't know why. And then he was blaming the game. I was like, Fish, I just, I flew to a planet that's a discovered by Fish. But he had this whole new account name. Like, he just scrapped his mm-hmm. old account. I don't understand what happened. Actually, this is my old account. I started a new account whenever I was using Shay's uh, Xbox One. Um... So yeah, that that one had No Man's Sky, and that's where my save files had on there. For some reason, I didn't think about that. That I actually did make a different uh, screen name and everything. Um, Wait, this is your old console. account from when? From the one I'm currently using that doesn't have this stuff is all the way back in the 360 days. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So you made a new yeah. one, and then you jumped. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, (laughs) 
Unfortunately, I got a little bit fucked on the stream because Fish was jumping around between accounts and he didn't have the stuff that we needed to do multiplayer. Uh, so maybe I still want to try that with Fish. Maybe not on stream. I still would love to try the Nexus because you can actually summon the anomaly, which is at or the Atlas anomalies are different now. You can summon them wherever you want in space, and you and your friend go in there, and it's completely different. It's a completely different thing. That's where you get the multiplayer stuff. I saw people all over the place. There was, like, random people, and I was jumping around stuff, but no fish. Fish wasn't in there. <laughs> Just, yeah, that uh, sucks. Like, it was a you still have to, Yeah, you still have to go through some of the story in the game. and. Um, yeah, I guess there's, like, yeah. a basic level of stuff that they want you to have or have to get to yeah so that's very very much like um i don't know a game that i really loved uh monster hunter world that it took somebody forever to it could it could well i've you know if you'd have just started with your old account then fine but it's okay it's in the past (laughs) it's in the past all those hours we spent were playing the trash but fish is right the tutorial now is fucking uh super helpful but i think this is my theory as to why i think a lot of people are playing in vr and they wanted to make the tutorial more user-friendly. Um, because in VR, it also felt super user-friendly. And that's my theory about why they did it. And I like that because I liked the tutorial before, but I watched Shay play it. And I watched uh, one of our VI uh, friends, um, Mr. Hicks, play it. And it, it's confusing for people. It is. I watched them play it, and I knew what to do. But there's this tiny little box in the corner telling them. And it's, confu- it's objectively, I love the game, but it's confusing. It's, it's overwhelming. And uh, they, so they did a good job fixing that uh i think because it's super easy now so i think it's because the vr is like you don't want to be in vr struggling it's like a nice big clean menu and, and all that shit so um oh there you go shay bot he did a good buy remember shay hard play fire Emblem one hard i will and Josh's i just wanted to show you that i bought it real quick but the one thing i will agree um, with you is that the they don't give a very good tutorial on that game they really don't. And um, if if we're going to talk about it now, we might as well, because we're leading into it. Uh, hopping back into the game after not having played uh, for 11 months, I had to relearn almost everything all over again. And granted, I had, I like when I started doing things, I was like, oh yeah, that's what I got to do. Oh yeah, that's what I got to do. But there were a lot of things I did not remember. And I had to go look them up, and I had to spend well, a, lot a lot of time of in the menus. New, yeah, not too, not too. Yeah. There's just a new ton or of remembering, yes, yeah. yeah. It's there. It's I, overwhelming. I mean, it is. I, it is. And like, I thought, I, yeah, I agree. I because it's a survival game, I give it a little bit of leeway because that's kind of the point of a survival game is to figure out what you're supposed to do. But man, is that annoying sometimes. Man, is it annoying. But uh, I don't know. Well, it's I, tough, though, because I have a lot of friends that come back to it like a year later, and they weren't that far to begin with. And I'm like, so I get it. But it's like, it's tough to to have consistency with those sort of games. Like, if you come back and you're not really progressed in it, and there's so much going on, it's overwhelming. It, like, even for me, like, it took me a day of, like, just doing shit again. Like, and little things change. Like, when I went to my base to use the transporter to jump around the bases... It required power now, and I was like, "Well, that's yeah. shit," <laughs> because uh, it's, they have this really cool new system for using electricity in the game, and like people are making like Rocket League and stuff in there. It's like a whole side thing, but it's like little things like that that you have to learn that are either good or bad or indifferent. It's it's a lot, man. Yeah. That game 
went from like people complaining there was nothing to do to there's almost too much to do um now so you can't i i tell everyone this ain't that the truth ain't that the truth yeah and that's i think part of it but i would if you you can't just jump in back in this game like if fish never touches this game again which is a fish thing that he could do it's just going to be another dip in you can't dip in and dip out can it's not that game it's not and yeah that that that's part of my problem as well is like i don't want to commit to this game because like eventually like it seems like they're going to come out with another big patch and like what if there were some things that i totally enjoyed in the game like um not la- not this current patch but like the previous big one that they came out with um uh, previous year um i think it was atlas rises or something um they they totally changed up um the naming of like a lot of the materials that I'd grown accustomed to in the first year, and it was almost jarring to like. That was next, but like, yeah, yeah, they did. They changed all the yeah, same basic yeah, idea. I, I but wonder stuff. Yeah, right. And you, I understand. Like from my point of view, like not investing so much hours into the game and just dipping in and dipping out. Like it's, it's kind of unique to see all these different changes. But like, I think about like these hardcore people who, you know, spend, you know, hours and hours of their day in these games, creating, you know, their bases, these awesome looking bases or uh, discovering these cool ass, uh, uh, high tier planets that you eventually can get to with, you know, um, higher, uh, level graded warp drives and all that stuff. Um, and like I, I wonder how those people feel with you know I wonder if there's a little people bit like of frustration me? from <laughs> well I, well is there a little bit of like frustration seeing the game change like that constantly No, the frustration from, I have is coming year. from other people like you, and it's not your fault. It's uh right because you were were you were at a good place with your prior save file, but for people that are starting over or weren't very far, it's it's just it's going to be weird and confusing. For me, there's a two sides to this coin. The first side is that. Where I'm at in the game, just like in the middle, it's fine. The The opposite side of that coin is that all the new stuff is kind of just spread out and small. Other than the VR, which is massive, it's all little things. You can feed animals. There's like a hundred little things that are really cool. But broad stroke stuff, you know, unless you've never played the game before, it's not going to mean that much to you. It's all small, except for the VR. So, like, where you were before Fish, we'd been able to jump back in just fine. You had, we had played a lot of Next together. It was just kind of an unfortunate circumstance you didn't have your prior save file, because we would have been fine. We would have been able to do everything. Um, right. And the, right. But so, I, yeah, so starting over every time, of course, is going to be, but that's not the point. No one is starting over every time. Like, no one would want to do that. Um, except me, because I'm a psychopath. I just like to see what's changed. I like to see how the tutorials go and all that stuff. So in some ways, that part of the, the update is the least exciting because it's a bunch of small things, um, except for the VR stuff, which uh, is really cool. So yeah, it's, a, it's just a bummer because if you start over or Fe- Shay played only a couple hours with me, but he had not gotten very far in the game. So like he's jumping back in. He probably is also overwhelmed and the game is already very complicated. So it's, I always tell everyone this, they ask me about it. I'm like, it's kind of a game you want a little consistency with, but it's very difficult to jump back in. And that's just the nature of the game. It's very complex. Even for me, it takes me like a day to sort of get used to everything you can do. And, you know, it's not necessarily a criticism, but it is a reality that it's not necessarily 
super casual. Like, if you were just playing it for the first time because the tutorial's so nice, you might have a better, a different experience. But it's just, it's not designed to be a play a game that you can play for a weekend once a year. It's just no, not it is. no, not at all, not at all. It's not, it's not something like Apex or like any of the battle royales where you just pick up and you play for a little bit and then you turn it off. Um, granted, you're not going to do well at those games, but it's easy to pick it up and play. Whereas this game. Like you're saying, it's so intensive that you have to be fairly consistently playing it. And I think once you, you obviously, with most things, once you understand the systems, it's easy to run around in the game and do a lot of things. But it takes, it's a very, like, it's a very high curve to get to that point to where you understand what's going on in the game. But I do, I really do like the update from what little I've encountered of it. Um, Just all the, extra stuff you can do with building i'm not i haven't got i don't really get too much into the base building but it's cool like all the stuff that they've added that you can do with the base building because that's kind of that's essential for for a survival game is being able to build a base yeah this game is not great for a podcast kind of people like me like i enjoyed my two weeks with it and i'll keep playing the vr downstairs but it's it's so time consuming like the game I don't mean this as a detriment, but it does not respect your time. Um, it's it's not, and that's what I love about it because I can play for like three hours a night and have a great time and do like one thing. Um, but it's not it's not the kind of game it is. So yeah, Shay's right. It's a lot of little things. the The aliens walk around now; they're a little more detailed. You know, they seem outside their ship talking to it. These there's this whole sub power thing where you can make mini games inside the game. You know, there's a million little things feed creatures, yeah. ride them. Um, the the coolest thing, actually, weirdly enough, if you didn't play the game since the last time, was the visions update and the abyss update. They have this um this underwater quest that's really cool, where you get a submarine and a bunch of new parts for your base that I did, and it was really really fun and really cool. And the abyss the visions update just changed the variety in the game. So if you've seen any of the stuff I've been posting, you don't find like fifteen planets with red grass and blue water anymore, like. They went back to one of the biggest criticisms, which was people even like me that love Next were just like, man, I'm, I just want more variety. Like in the original game, there was more variety, and weirdly enough, there was more variety in like grass and water and stuff like that. Um, and that that stuff's all great now. It's really cool. I found this like I showed you that shark picture I put up on uh, Reddit that I was pretty happy about. It was like one of the coolest creatures I've seen, and the the whole place was like kind of rainy and like pink skies and just beautiful and the water was like pink as well and it was just one of the coolest plants i've ever seen they've done a really a really good job with that but this is the thing i really really want to talk to you guys about briefly the vr update i had a lot of people have asked me about yeah look gotta hear about that yeah sorry go ahead it's no i want to hear about out that's all i'm saying i figured out the what i was doing wrong now it's not the i still like look i'm not saying it's the end all be all by any means but there's something people need to know playing this game. You need to try and play it with the move controller. The I was very resistant to that. I played it for five minutes with them. I decided I hated it. And I put them back on the charger, never to play it again. So many people were messaging me that they're having a great time that I felt like I was missing out. I'm like, I'm the fucking No Man's Sky guy. Why is everyone else having more fun than me? Right? I was like kind of like bitter or jealous about it. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna fucking learn these move controllers no matter what. And the thing about the move controllers, it actually changes a lot of the the blurring in the game and the visual nature of the game, the way you sh- you move around. A lot of the visual issues I was having were actually 
a part of using the smooth controller movement. And even whenever you change the smooth controller movement, you see visual options disappear. Because when you're using the move controller and you hop around, everything's different. I didn't get any like looking around. There was no blurring that was giving me a headache. Um, everything was a million times better. Now, at a distance, there is still resolution issues. People, that's, that's going to happen. And it's, it's, but oh my God, I've been playing it for two or three days now with the move controllers and it's night and day like enjoyment for me. I'm on permadeath because I said, look, I'm going to get all into this. I want to have a story for people. I'm going to play this game on like one life. And it's been so intense, like hiding in my half build shelter or carving a hole in the ground because I have no health left. And like, I'm actually playing the game like a survival game. And the move controllers are so cool. Like you walk up to a flower and you literally grab it and kind of pull on it with a move controller like you're plucking the flower. Or when you get in the plane, I told you guys this, you grab the, each of the controls, one the left side to kind of take off, one in the right to steer and shoot and stuff. Like um, th this, there's other small things I had no idea about. Like when you want to use your analysis visor, you put your hand up to your ear, literally like you're touching something on your helmet. And you push the left trigger. You just kind of go like this and put the left trigger. And everything in the world changes the analysis visor. And then you can move it around, aim at things. So, because they have to make a lot of concessions for VR to make it work. Otherwise, it'd be confusing. Now, there are cool things that are a little much. When you want to go to your items, what you do is you point at your hand. And it's like a little digital thing pops up and you go to your inventory and stuff. And it works well, but it's, it's a lot. Like, what would take you... 20 10 minutes to do in the game might take you 20 to 30 minutes in vr right and it's not necessarily i don't like it it's just you have to understand that everything takes longer you're putting your hand up you're looking at the menu you're going through it with your motion controls it's just it's different it's really really different and weird like the feel of moving the the control i was just kind of moving the little uh laser gun around this morning just like it felt so good and nice and it gets a little wonky at times i've had my playstation vr like 10 percent of the time gets a little wonky i'm in space and the, the hands start floating up on my face and i'm like ah no 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 get i was in the middle of a, a fight this morning and the, the hands fuck? floated up by my head and i was like no i'm in a space fight i can't oh i can't do this so i had to like recalibrate stuff but maybe maybe so the, much... the space fight was so jarring that you couldn't take it you were trying to rip your own face off <laughs> <laughs> it, it was too much and you know i'm sure they'll kind of improve some of those things as well but like once the biggest and coolest thing though and i can't stress this enough because of think of how much distance you cross in that game being able to use the warp controls which i normally hate in vr is amazing like i was a thousand feet from my ship and dying and i was literally able to warp back to my ship you hold you hold the button down and you just aim your charger you could warp five feet in front of you you could warp 500 feet in front of you in like that and originally, I thought that would be stupid. It is amazing. It is amazing because not only the visual aspect, but like in survival mode, I'm like dying. I'm like, I got to get back to my ship. I'm like, pew, pew, pew. And like, it's not that fast, but it's fast. So that is it's such That's kind of cool. It's the best. The movement is amazing. And like when you get in the water, it's weird because you have to learn how to turn with some of the buttons on there. And it's there's a little bit of a learning curve there, but the movement is great. I almost like the movement better than normal normally playing the game because if you've played no man's sky you know you have vast regions to cross um and it's very very helpful so the visual aspects of it i'd say are 50 percent better which is a big deal and then using the move controls you know this is what i remember it reminded me of like playing guitar hero for the first time 
I was like, it's just fun. This is not a revolution. Other VR games use move controls, but the way they're using this game, I'm just having fun, like moving around, pointing. Like, I'm getting into the permadeath survival thing. I'm living my one life, and when I die, I'm dead, you know? But that's what I, I want to try that, that story. And I've been doing it for three days. I'm still barely alive, but I'm alive. I have a base. I'm huddled on a planet. It's taken me twice as long to do, but I am having an amazing time. Um, the, the time of your life? Well, it's hard to say. It is survival, so it's... <laughs> I remember, like, I was in the... <laughs> I, I was in the storm hey, shed. Got it. I had a, I had a half-built shelter, and I just threw a quick roof on it. And like the storm was about to kill me, and I was like sitting there breathing. And my wife's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "I almost died, but I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live, Shelby." So it's 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 cool. Like it actually feels like the way the game is supposed to be played on a survival level in VR. I think it'd be really cool if you did a series of that, like where you just start from the beginning and you leave permadeath on and you survive as long as you can. Chronicle and the series ends when you die. <laughs> just chronicle it. Yeah, I'm playing it really smart, so it's it's really really cool um, in VR. So I'm enjoying it a lot more. Like I said, I I don't know how to shake that first day I have out of my head that was so bad. With it, it's sort of like when you meet somebody and that first impression is so bad that it sort of lingers with you even when you start to like them, you know? Um, I think that's a, I think that's a fairly apt description, yeah. The one thing I'd want to see in VR would be, like, the underwater stuff or the cave stuff. That's that stuff the best would, stuff, would, I think. I think would be really freaking cool in VR. Dude, the cave stuff is, like, almost claustrophobic. Like, I was in an underwater cave for, like, 20 minutes the other day, and I was, like actually feeling claustrophobic so that yeah. that would yeah that would that sounds like that would mess me up actually because uh, i i get that way whenever i'm exploring just the caves you know mm -hmm. and not in vr so i can only imagine like how intense those explorations underwater in a cave yeah is. it's it's cool and like i said i i won't push fish to keep with it because i know he's got a million games to play um and it's hard for us with the podcast That's... like i'm probably I'm done with it on 360, even though I've been loving it because I got other shit I got to play. But my VR sets downstairs, so I'll probably stick with that because I can play it for an hour a day and I'm very satisfied. I'm like, wow, that feels great. Put it down. Well, my life. I'm definitely, definitely going to have to have that experience because last year when I went to Okinawa and I did that scuba diving in that cave, I do remember that feeling of almost claustrophobia. And if a game can kind of, you know, recreate that, not necessarily do I want to relive that. But I want I want to see how it, how it is in comparison. You know, like it's yeah. like it's like playing basketball on a video game versus playing it in real life. Yeah, uh, you know, like I kind of want to have that experience, see how close it is. Mm -hmm. If that makes yeah, that's, sense. And, oh, it does. It does. And the last thing I'll say, and then we can move on to talk about Days Gone. This is the last thing I'll say. The biggest thing I I think is interesting about VR in a game like this is you don't play the game how you traditionally play a game. It feels different. I, at one point, I was running from these Sentinels. I was hiding in my ship because the weather was bad and it was a bad situation. And I was using my ship as sort of like a fort. And I was sitting in my ship just kind of looking around. I could see the other planets in the distance and the, the creatures walking around, the Sentinels floating around. And I remember it was almost like in real life when you're hiding from someone. I was just kind of looking around in my ship like, I need to wait for a little bit here. Whoa, what's this weird little control light on the bottom of this flooring here? It was like you... I spent like 10 minutes the other day looking at my ship. Like you, you play the game like you are in a space and it's very different than how you might play a game. Some games, adventure games that are exploratory based like Gone Home or something like that where you're in a house and you're really looking at every little detail, right? 
that's the closest thing I would say. But in VR, the weirdest thing for me is that I'm playing the game completely differently than how I play normal video games because I feel like I'm in the space, you know, however successful it is in that is relative. And uh, it's really interesting, you know. Mm. I've looked out of my ship several times and just kind of looked at the the engines and stuff and just kind of taken it in. And it's cool. It's cool. I don't know how they did it, but uh, props to them for doing it. Hopefully they improve. If they can improve the visuals and tighten up the controls even a little bit on there, then, I mean, it might yeah. be that it's been a quiet year for VR, so this could be like a, a really good thing for them. So anyways, I'm uh, having a thing, lot of fun with it. W- one last quick question as well is, did you go onto like a planet that was like almost barren? Yeah, yeah, I've been on some barren planets, yeah. Like with VR? Yeah, those, so the thing is, I I don't have the fascination with the barren planets like a lot of people do, but they look better because there's less going on. Like anything where there's less going on, I will say on planets where there's giant rocks or cliffs, looking over the cliffs, you really feel that. If there's a planet where there's a lot going on, like dust or a lot of detail, you're going to get a little more of the resolution blurring because think about the way resolution works. Even if it's just the slight blurring of the edges, if you have thousands of leaves in the distance that it has to sort of show you. And there are moments where you'll warp really far and you'll see like plants pop up in front of you because it's populating the game is populating stuff. Like there's no way around that. I mean, I'm just it's just the way it is. But yes, being I was just curious they, because they look like really I, good in VR. I, I would want I would want to experience that feeling of like low gravity on a barren planet, you know? Like that's the that's kind of the point of them introducing the VR is experiencing these like physics based phenomenons. Um, yes. biology-based phenomenons, like all that kind of stuff. So to be able to experience, like, f- to the best of your ability, like a floatiness, like you're you're kind of on mm-hmm. low low gravity on this barren planet. It's almost as if you've landed on the moon somewhere. It's that would be kind of yeah. cool. That some of the dumb things in VR are great: shooting a hole in an asteroid and flying through it, um, spinning your ship upside down, which would make people sick. I fucking love. You can just make your, sh- your ship go right upside down, and I'm just like, I-, I love that shit, because VR doesn't make me sick, so. Um, sometimes it's just dumb did things. You do, did you do a battle in VR? Like, fight, like... A uh, ship battle? Yeah. Yeah, they, so that's a double-edged sword. The ship battle was really cool. Um, unfortunately, it happened to me at the beginning of the game, and my ship was really bad. So uh, okay. I, I felt like I was getting my ass kicked, so I just ran. I, I was in permadeath, and I was like, ah! So I just... One cool thing they've added to the game is you can run away from battles easier if you don't want to engage them, which I kind of like. Um, but yeah, the first planet mm, they put me okay. on was aggressive. And in permadeath, they put you on different places, and I felt like I had a little more to start with because of the nature of the game. But it's interesting. I'd never touched the game on permadeath, and I'm the No Man's Sky zealot here, so um, I feel like that was a good way to do it. Anyways, having a good time with it. Um, last, last, last question. I lied. I have one more. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't oh, help please, it. Go ahead. Do you think that if No Man's Sky came out with a new update that allowed you to have sex with one of the aliens in VR, that would improve this game? Um, yes. Yes, I do. Okay. I would, I would like an I update wasn't where sure. I can wet. I mean, mm. we talked about this on the stream. The Viking have big hogs. You know, maybe if I could jerk off a Viking in VR, um, which are the really tall aliens, that would be fun, I think. Just get the motion down. Maybe take some of the semen and sell it. Perhaps it's, you know, worth something to a vendor would be nice. 
Um, that's fair i mean it's a survival game if you have to i mean you eat it or drink it whatever i mean like you're trying to survive keep it with you yeah yes uh uh yeah i haven't wrote an animal in vr yet i'll get back to you guys a a interstellar bear (laughs) gorillas well the thing is like now they're so like comfortable with themselves which is cool to see because people actually like the game now that they're just being goofy like you can cook and ride animals that shit's not that important it's just them having fun and so it's nice to see but yeah, it took yeah. it took them a while to get to the point that they're at now. In all seriousness, and I'm yeah. happy they're at that point. They've they've done a, yeah, they've done. A, we've talked about this before. They've done a lot to restore the goodwill of that company. So, mm-hmm. yeah. as as my tweet said, um, what started as a um, I'm sorry for promises unfulfilled turned into a thank you from gamers everywhere. So, I'll just leave it on that. Shay, I want to hear about Days Gone. Tell me about it. Yeah, so I got, I probably got, I don't know, like a good six or seven more hours into it. I think this game is definitely something that Morgan and Fish would be interested in. Josh, you wouldn't like it at all. Uh, This game is in a lot of ways similar to Far Cry 5, but with zombies. Fish was saying this before the podcast, and I was like, I want to tell him, like, I want to agree with him and talk with him about it, but I want to wait for the podcast. Um, after, like, after you do kind of the main beginning stuff, like the tutorial and kind of getting a feel for where you're at setting wise, you're kind of sent off into the world and you have to encounter a camp and you have to kind of ally yourself with them. But after that, um, you go out into the world and you're doing different missions. Some of it, you're doing like little fetch quests. Uh, some of it, you are clearing out areas of zombies or, uh, people like bad people. Um, for for all intents and purposes, just for now, to make it easier, I'm going to call them psychos. So you're clearing out areas, okay. like territories, of either zombies or psychos. And this opens up new areas in the game. You're also doing, like, main mission-type stuff, where uh, you're, like, at one camp, and they ask you to kind of go, uh, you know, talk with another camp so you can establish, like, trade trade lines and stuff like that but then you happen upon the camp and they're being attacked by a group of psychos so you do that and then you come into this camp but then you find out like one of their camp members are missing so you got to go rescue them stuff like that you know it's very similar to far cry 5 uh you could be you know driving in the world and then all of a sudden like three zombies have a guy trapped in the car and one's trying to crawl through the window so you have to go in and rescue them it's very similar in a lot of regards to that game. Uh, it's yeah, like I said, like before, checklist kind of stuff to yeah. some degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's it feels very in a weird way. I've been playing this game very stealth based, as compared to a lot of other zombie games. A lot of zombie games, you don't realize it. A lot of zombie games are based on being overwhelmed and having the appropriate amount of ammo to deal with that level of being overwhelmed. This game inherently feels a little bit different. You got to strategize because you don't have a ton of bullets. Uh, you never like you have a decent amount of bullets, but uh, zombies will take a few bullets unless you cap them right in the head. Same with the psychos. So mm-hmm. on average, a zombie or a psycho will take five bullets before they die. But your clip is 25 bullets. So, I mean, you're using one-fifth of your clip on one, one enemy, but then hmm. you have to, you know, for example, you have to fight, like, ten zombies 
in a camp to get rid of them, or you have to fight 13 psychos to clear the camp out. So you really got to strategize. Um, you can sneak through bushes and you can knife people behind the back. You can set traps. Um, you can use Molotov cocktails. You can snipe. So there are many different ways you can approach uh, the combat. Like you can go in balls to the walls, but you're not going to do very well. Um, Is it kind of like a survival thing because you're limited with resources, almost like a Resident Evil sort of thing, but not quite as stringent? It's not as stringent, yeah, but it is kind of along those veins. Like, when you're out in the wilderness, like, you have a very limited amount of gas on your motorcycle and you have a very limited amount of bullets. Now, you can find them. It's not super difficult to find them. And whenever you go back to a camp, you can always restock. Um, There's only been one time where I felt like I didn't have enough of something. Uh, like I ran out of gas, so I had to walk my motorcycle all the way back to a camp, which was on me. I wasn't regulating that, you know, get still getting the hang of the game. And that's uh, kind of cool, though. You know, you run out of gas, you have to suffer the consequences. You do, you do. And like, if you're walking up a hill, obviously it's harder. But when you go down a hill, you could just sit on the motorcycle and it kind of coasts down the hill. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like that a lot. One thing that like I love the zombies, like they. They feel aggressive, but not, like, overly aggressive, like a Left for Dead. And they don't feel overly stupid, like uh, like some zombie games. Like, if you're, like, slowly driving your motorcycle and there's a zombie on the side of the road and it sees you, and it can run fast enough to catch up, it'll leap and, like, football tackle you off your motorcycle. Like, oh, cool. really? Wow. Yeah. Freakers! Yeah, get... They're called Freakers, right? Uh, yes. Well, yeah, not Freakers. Freakers, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember freakers. what they're called in this game. Are they? Freakers. Yeah. Come on, Shay. Know your zombies. They're freakers. freakers. Zombies I like zombies. that. I'm looking it Get up right freak now. On. Freakers. Get your freak on. But, um, freakers. No, yeah, it's... I've it. really been enjoying the game for what it is. I... It wasn't Wait, wait. Like... I would ask you a question. What about the swarms? Did you get to try a swarm yet? Uh, not like Not like the ones you've seen. Like, I had one where I was burning one of the nests, and, like, ten zombies came out, but they weren't rushing at me, like you can see in that game. I haven't had an actual do a swarm, swarm man. Yet. That's what... The swarm is, like, the thing that everyone talks about. I wanted you to do a swarm. I've been trying to find them, man. I haven't found a swarm yet. Weird. So. Maybe they're story-related. You're probably getting distracted by side questions, shit. Well, like, like, it's, like I said, it's like Far Cry, because you, like, you have to go do those things where you have to, like, kill zombies in a specific area and remove the, uh, burn the nests, and then you open up a oh, new territory. Oh, and fill a meter or something? Kind of, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 you build yeah, trust okay. in the camp and stuff like that. It's not yeah, quite the yeah. same meter system as Far Cry, but it's along those same lines. So, it, like, it has a lot of similarities. I don't think you guys would like it as much as Far Cry. Because it's zombie fatigue, but I well, think no, it's just the story of Far Cry really helped sell me its stupid story. I liked it a lot. I know not everyone did, but you told me the story in Days Gone is not as good, right? I mean, it's it's a typical zombie story. Uh, the okay. the thing that I think the most compelling part is, um, like I said at the beginning last week, at the beginning of the game, uh, your your wife or your significant other dies because you um, you were putting her on a helicopter because she was injured. And they're trying to get her medical attention, but there was one of your, your your friends, and he was also injured, but only two people out of the three could go on the helicopter. So you, as the main character, stay behind with your friend. That helicopter goes down. Everybody dies. 
Uh, there's some guilt. You there. stay behind, and she dies anyway. What a bad luck! Right, right. So you you stay behind for your friend, and there's kind of a dynamic there with you and your friend, and um, that's probably the most compelling part of the game so far, story wise. Uh, the rest of the stuff has been very. At what very... point does your wife come back as? A... Yeah, right. At what point does your wife come back as a freaker? <laughs> right, right. That I'm waiting for that. She I'm wasn't waiting... freaky before, like, but now because freak. with how little they've. Like, they talked about her at the beginning of the game, and then they haven't talked to her about her much since. All of that is just making me think that, like, they're trying to make you forget about it because they're going to bring her back. But we'll see. We'll see. Not far enough into cool. the game. If nothing else, even if the story's generic, are the production values at least exceptional as far as the quality of the voice acting and the facial animation and stuff? Voice acting is phenomenal. The graphics are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The vo- uh, The facial animation is quality yeah for sure the gunplay the gunplay like they do kind of like a a slow down system like red dead does or the vat system and fallout they do integrate that as an oh cool okay i like those yeah yeah so they do integrate that as well so uh it's not like the 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 gun the gun warfare the combat isn't top tier but it's good it's not great but it's good yeah um that sounds cool. Well, when you get to one of those big swarms, I need to know about it. Trust me, you'll be the first to know. I had this, <laughs> dude, I had this fucking hilarious thing. Uh, I, I clipped it, and I'm going to have to send it to you guys or put it up on the Twitter. But, like, there have been some hilarious glitches in the game. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> There's this, like, one guy, like, he, like it was a dead body, but it's kind of, like, floating. And then all of a sudden, it just, like, jumped down and was, like, trying to go through a box and it was like hopping up and down and then like it went down and then it was hopping up and down again a little bit more and then it just went to the ground just like little glitches like that have been really fucking hilarious um those kind of like bethesda type glitches i've seen them and they always make me laugh yeah <laughs> uh, that's yeah i will let you know when when <clears throat> i get to a swarm for sure cool um, before we get to the Patreon shoutouts, this is a special thing I wanted to read. Um, without too much vanity, we had some comments. Um, I picked some of my favorites about basically, you know, sort of our, this was our crazy anniversary show and it's been a lot of fun as we wind down here. Um, and I asked, you know, people had any favorite sort of chomp cast or sword chomp memories that they wanted to talk about. And I promised I would read them on the show. So, uh, if you don't mind flating us ourselves a little bit here, we got some good ones. Um, and I mean, look, it's been, it's crazy to think that it's actually been three years. I was just thinking about the, that the other day when I was talking to my wife, she's like, no, hasn't it been, hasn't it been three years? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it has. Um, but I'm glad we even forgot to celebrate our anniversary because we're just so busy doing stuff, making content, doing Twitch and show. It's like, we don't even think about it. I almost forgot. I was just like, wait a second. It's August, No Man's Sky. What's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have an anniversary here. Um, somebody messaged us. Uh, they put their their comment in the wrong area. It was about the mashups. So I'm sorry, Tom Johnson 94. You messaged the wrong story. Hakuna uh, Matata said, being on the show, our good friend and co-host, fighting the Megalodon for the first time with Morgan in the Patreon launch. Now me and Hakuna Matata had an amazing Megalodon memory the first night that came out in Sea of Thieves. Um, that video is still up on our page somewhere and it's, it's legend. It's one of our, it's our biggest video of all time view wise, like over 15,000 views. And 
you can still hear like a 10 year old kid in that video going oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it was a good time we love akuna and the patreon launch was big for us it was scary you know will anyone even want to support us that was, yeah, that was a really, you know, it's so funny to think about, like, these milestones we've achieved. Like, we we were, like, people behind the scenes don't really know, or don't know what was happening behind the scenes. But when we were doing the Patreon stuff, we were researching Patreon pages. We were, like, we were asking people questions. Like, it was a big, it was a big, big step for us. So, mm-hmm. um it's it's funny to think about now in hindsight like we where we're at now but yeah like we were we were like thinking like exactly what morgan said are we even big enough to justify a patreon should we do a patreon like what in that first week there was like one patron and we're like oh no we fucked up and then it was fine yeah yeah yep yeah so that's cool and the patreon's just been around for so long that it's just like I said, it's it's a it's a really special thing. So thank you to everyone who's ever even contributed a dollar to us. Uh, Hipster Cowboy yeah. said, "I'm sorry." Um, Hipster Cowboy said, "You guys like one of my photos on Instagram?" So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, that's a great. joke. But now I'm gonna go like 20 more and make it real weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, Daniel of DC said, "Every time Morgan makes things sexually awkward, oh, that happens a lot." Hmm. So. It does happen a lot. Like I think I'm the one the who show. did that. This, I think I'm the one who did that. This, this, yeah. uh, this episode though. Shay dropped the pussy bomb on us. I today. did. I did. <laughs> that bomb ass mm. pussy. <laughs> Again, fish is laughing, but you won't be able to hear it because he's meeting himself. Boo! <laughs> this Boo! Mm. <laughs> um. That's my only goal going forward. I just want Fish to laugh on the podcast. That's all I want. All I've ever wanted. Fish, will you eat my dick cheese? No. Damn it. I, I, That's I, I thought man. that was going to get him to laugh. Damn it. This is a hard guy to make laugh on the podcast. He stopped yeah. to think about it before he had a chance to laugh. Hmm. Fish, you, you remember the time realized when realized we... the answer was no. Is it... Yeah. You remember when we streamed <laughs> Far Cry 5 and uh, you lit me on fire twice? Oh, yeah, that was uh, great. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. No, that, you, lit, like at a, you, was lit NPC, yeah. you lit an NPC on yeah. fire yeah. and you guys laughed about it. It was fucked up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then we ran over we ran over a dog on accident. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That was on the that's on the, that's on the that's on the VIP that's on the Patreon page too. <laughs> Patreon.com slash so just fake a quick laugh so they quit stop bothering you. <laughs> oh we already got one. I got it. I got it. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Got it. He got it. Um Reverend Rock and Roll said CFDs fighting the shark. Wow. A lot of people like the shark fighting. Yeah. That's cool. A lot of good videos of that. Red Blue Blur said when you guys give me a shout out or to mention my copy, comments on various topics, you know, we like to get the listeners involved. So I'm glad your favorite memory of us yeah, is you. I, I you love selfish bastard. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love getting our fans involved in all seriousness. I love that's something yeah. that we've really kind of gone with. So 
It makes it makes makes the people who involve or take their time to uh, listen to us and interact with us that much more poignant and important. Yeah, I agree. Corn and space. These are my these these last two are really great. Corn and space of the game of the year debate has always been fantastic, and that means a lot to me because I love our game of the year show. Yeah, yeah, that's a big mm-hmm. one. We spent so much time on that behind the scenes individually and together trying to figure out how to make that show better every year and how to make it interesting for everyone else listening. Cause basically we're talking about what we like. Mm-hmm. Like, so we like, we have to take like, it's, it's our show essentially. Like at that point, it's like a hundred percent ours. And so we have to make it interesting for everyone else at that point. The fighting people love a nice fight a nice uh discourse i hope that's the trying, right I'm trying to do a call back but just whiffing uh, mr hicks 22 that's my job i'm a big whiffer mr mm. hicks 2299 said our good friend mr hicks the automated fish voice used when fish was gone one week <laughs> that was pretty great <laughs> I put a lot of work into that. Like, literally, I wrote an entire intro, and I left holes where I could ask a fake fish questions. Um, <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite episodes. I need to go back and just take that clip and use it sometime. That one is really um, funny. It's, it's, it's eternal. What can I say? And the best... <laughs> uh, I mean, to me, the... The be- the best part about it is that because fish, you know, because Shay has already dropped the the pussy bomb. I'ma take my dick the old town road. I'm gonna ride every slut I find. That's our boy fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's our boy fish. Oh, I bet he was embarrassed about that fish. one. <laughs> fish, just be yourself. People love it. Don't be afraid. If they hate you, so what? Oh what? You're, they can, yeah. they can't hate you. You it can't bother you as long as you're your true self. You know, just be yourself. If they're gonna hate you. Let them hate. And you know what? I guarantee you, no one hates you for that. Stuff. They love it. You just hate yourself for sending it to me. That's all. <laughs> but God, it's so damn funny. There's some. Do you hate there. laughing? Are you against comedy? Okay, that's enough. Um. It's been fun. A lot of good comments there. And uh, one more thank you here. We do our Patreon shoutouts um, once a month, and we try to make like a little story or a skit out of it. So without further ado, I will toss the reins again to a Professor Layton. Thank you. And I knew. Thank you. Thank you. One thing I'm going to do before that, because I think Morgan incidentally forgot, is uh, every week we also have a Patreon poll for anyone, anyone from the $1 tier up. And since I was getting a Nintendo Switch this week, I asked the simple question of, do you feel that there are enough games, not included, not including remakes, remasters, or re-releases, or indies, that have come out for the Switch, like AAA titles? Or are you kind of shocked, like me, that there aren't more? Five people said there are plenty, and three people said, now that you mention it, I'm kind of shocked too. And this is the most comments I've gotten on any poll. It's hilarious. So Dan, uh, Daniel said, there are so many good games on the Switch, it's stupid. 
My mo- it's my modern and retro all-in-one, and I love it. All the classic collections are fantastic. I don't see how anyone could look at the eShop and say there's not a lot there. And that's fair. There are a ton of games there. I'm just kind of shocked that there aren't a ton of AAA titles, you know? Like, and there are there. There are a lot there. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know how so weird this is. just ones that are interesting. Like, there are games like Cooking Mama and shit like that, but I couldn't I, care less. I don't really agree with that. I don't... Here's the thing, Shay, I did agree with that at one point, which is why I want to chime in, because I felt that way originally. I was Mario and Zelda, but now I look at my Switch, and I played all the time. I, I enjoyed that Final Fantasy XII remake. I thought that was incredible. Of course, you have all the smaller indie games as well. Smash Brothers um, is, is a game you can always pick up and play, and it's just uh, incredible. And then Fire Emblem, I put 70 hours into, and it's one of my favorite games of the year. So I, I did feel that way once. I don't anymore. That's fair. That's fair. And maybe it's going to take me some time actually sitting down with the system and playing games and buying games for me to feel differently. Just like when I was at the shop. Uh, The Rev, Mr. Reverend Rock and Roll, said, There's plenty of fine games for the Switch. They're just much better played somewhere else. Mine was a Breath of the Wild machine and has pretty much been sitting idle since then. Maybe Astral Astral Chain or that mech game will wake it back up. And I think that's kind of been the same for a lot of people. Not everyone, but a lot of people. Like, there have been a few games that have really spoken to them, and then the rest have kind of been like, eh, whatever. Um, last comment was from Gilbeasy. I could use about seven more Mario, Mario Odyssey games, but apart from that, I'd say the Switch is doing pretty well. So there you go. Oh, I just forgot Mario Maker, too. Mario Maker, um, <laughs> Smash Brothers, Super Mario Odyssey, Fire Smash Emblem, Brothers, the- Mario Kart, Mario vs. Rabbids, yeah. Smash Brothers. Mario Kart is triple A, but ugh. I can think I can think of a good top five there. That's all I'm saying. It's all good. It's all good. I get it. I get it. I was just curious what people felt. And so that's cool. That's cool to see that um there are very differing opinions. But on that note. Let's get into the Patreon shoutouts. As Morgan said, they're once a month. We want to give praise to all of the people who take their time to donate money. Now, usually it's from $3 and up, you will get a Patreon shoutout. Since it's our three-year anniversary show, I decided to include everyone. So, without further ado, here we go. Four adventurers walked along a dirt road, exhausted and weary. They had walked many a day with no civilization in sight. Their destination was far from their reach. Still, they pressed on. Suddenly, a figure appeared on the path in front of them. They squinted their fatigued eyes, attempting to ascertain who this was. A man walked towards them and stopped in front of them. He was well-kempt and his clothing clean and free of rips or incidental alterations. His hair was styled, and he smelled pleasant. A warm smile was worn on his face when he spoke. Good morrow. Mine own nameth is Cosmic. Thee behold not restful from thy journey. Prithee, joineth me in mine own home for warmth and rest. The nameth Josh. A pleasure to meeteth thee. How am I so wrecked even but now? Um, Gundian. I'm Gundian. My own name is Morgan. 
I wouldn't mind a nice hot steamer shower. I'm Shay. As thee wisheth. And so they followed the man into the trees, and through a path he only seemed to know. The four were so entranced by the man's appearance and charisma that they didn't even stop for one second to question why they were following a stranger. They had not a thought in the world except to follow this beautiful human. They walked for a while, but they had no concept of time. Cosmic stopped at two large bushes. Here is mine own home. He walked them to into a copse of trees surrounding a rustic and gorgeous cottage. It was large, with additions expanding into the trees. The sound of a babbling brook radiated into their ears. The sound of birds singing their songs as they hopped from branch to branch sounded through the clearing. The man walked them to the front door. As he opened it, he said, Mine own home is thy home. Prithee, rest thy not restful bones, consume until thou art full, and enjoy the company of me and mine own Keda cousins. They walked into a large room with a massive table. They dropped their packs and sat down, eager to be comforted. The man brought out food and drink. They ate and drank, for they had not eaten a well-cooked meal in far too long. I wanteth to introduce thee to the inhabitants of this quite quaint home. Cater cousins, prithee joineth us. Here a court in space. Cursive lie, Danny P, Dan W, Epitomike, Eric, Jill Beasy, Ivan, Jackie, Jason, Kane, Kevin, Larry, Lisa, Michelle, The Rev, Rich, Ryan, Cy, and Zach G. The four watched as each person came in. They were mesmerized by how enigmatic yet soothing their presence felt. It was as if they had known these strangers their entire lives. The scent of sweet nectar wafted in with their entrance, making it more illustrious and calming. Hast thee four did finish thy meals? The four did not answer, for they were locking eyes with the cottage dwellers. Yond one looks like it's a snack. One one thought to one thought to himself as he gazed at the rev. A bit of drool seeped from Josh's agape mouth as he stared at a few with equal interest. Cosmic chuckled as he could see that their minds were preoccupied. Cometh. Alloweth us crisp our dirtied bodies. The man led them to an even bigger room that was half covered and half open to nature. Steam rose from a large bubbling pool. Cosmic pointed to some bowls next to a small stream of water. The four derobed, scooped the water, and began to clean the grit off of their bodies. The grimy water trickled down and flowed into the forest floor. They finished and turned to see the cottage dwellers had also derobed and began to enter the pool. Joineth us, prithee. Oh.
Why not if it be true, I doth? I can't wait it to enter. The four slowly entered. Looking onward at the dwellers with excitement, they entered the pool and, well, you can use your imagination to figure out the rest. They had it an orgy, and they all fucked. <laughs> yes! Yes! Uh, it's so strange yes. hearing it, like, spaced. At one point, I'm like, where is this going? What am I doing again? What's happening? Is this getting sexual? Hmm. The answer yeah. is yes. How is that yeah, any different sexual. from your train of thought at any point in time? No different. Yeah. No difference. What's happening? Right. What does it get sexual? <laughs> I was, I was seeing like, I was initially going for like, it would be like possibly like scary or um, like suspenseful. And I wanted it to end in orgasms. That's what I wanted. But mm-hmm. um, That's really a- quick, really quickly. Uh, that was the funny part. That was the fun part. Here's the serious part. Uh, for three years. Uh, we've been a podcast and that's incredible. Like the first time we did podcast, we talked about this so many times. We, we did it for, for three years, but we weren't near as consistent. We didn't have near as much of a fan base. And like we talked about earlier in this episode, when we wanted to start a Patreon, we were so scared. We were nervous. Like it was a, a big step for us. And we're at the point now where the Patreons, the patrons, rather, we, we're friends with them. We, like, they are our closest-knit crew, our, our friends. Um, they feel like a, like a family, a part of this community to us. And they are so supportive of us. And I appreciate each and every one of you guys, uh, you the patrons. Like, seriously, each and every one of you are amazing people. Not because, not because you give us money, but because you spend time out of your days to, you know, support us, to be our friend, to interact with us, all of that. And I just, I appreciate each and every one of you. So seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And thank you for joining us in a, in an orgy, uh, in this month's shout out. It was so, so good. Fish really deserved it. Yeah. He's had a rough year. Yeah. He has. He has. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but to 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 kind of bookend this for for me uh, personally, while I still have the mic, so to speak, one thing I want to say is it's been an incredible three years. Uh, I it sounds like I'm gonna quit. I'm not. I'm just trying to call out my thoughts. Uh, it's been an incredible three years. You just and... don't know you're gonna quit yet. Right, right. Next week I'm just not going to show up. But no, I, w- I want to thank each and every fan who has ever interacted with us the past three years. Whether you've commented on something, whether you've liked a, a tweet or an Instagram post or a Facebook post, whether you've played a game with us, whether you've watched a stream, whether you've listened to an episode, whether it's five minutes or every episode, you've downloaded us, you've subscribed to us, you've been to our homepage, you've bought a shirt off of our new merch site at redbubble.com slash people slash sword chomp. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, seriously. Gotta throw it in there. 
<laughs> yeah, Morgan's been forgetting it. But uh, seriously, thank you for any interaction any one of you guys have given. And um, it's meant a lot. It really has. And also, um, I want to thank the three guys here. Because there are times where they, they, they really got to test their patience to deal with me personally. And I know we, we all do that to each other at times. Uh, we, you know, there, there, we talked about it a lot. There have been some difficult times and there have been some amazing times doing this podcast. And I love these guys so much. Uh, they each bring something very different to the table. And they're, they're incredible people. They may annoy me at times, they may frustrate me at times, but they're they're some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. And um the fact that we get to do this week after week. Like I don't say this like this in this way a lot, but I consider it a blessing that every week we get to do this together. And I I get to I get to have the problem of trying to figure out how to set up a merchandise site or how to, how to do better at streaming or podcasting or having to save money to play a video game so we can play it together. You know, these are quote unquote problems, but really it's a beautiful struggle. And I get to do it with, you know, Morgan and fish and Josh, all, all three of them. And there, there literally is not, anyone I would rather do it with. Like each one of those guys are integral to this experience for me personally. And I think you as the fans would agree that it wouldn't be the same without them. So, uh, I want to say thank you to you guys. And, uh, I appreciate you guys very, very much. So thank you guys for putting up with me for three years. Thanks for having so much fun together for the past three years. It's been a beautiful journey. You know what they say, Shay, three years? Like the third date? We know all know what happens on the third date. Well fish doesn't know, but we oh. we know. <laughs> yeah. Is it an orgy? We'll leave it we'll <laughs> leave it at <laughs> that. Maybe right? he does know. Damn it. <laughs> he does know. Um agreed wholeheartedly and um that's a good way to end the show. Um, onward, you know, every week we're trying out a new one, so, uh, the, the, uh, show continues. Um, mm. she just said the word of the month, um, which I totally forgot yeah. about. I feel horrible. Um, so are we just going to no, tell people what it okay. was? Or no, are we still in the same month? Because this episode is technically being recorded, I'm going to give them one last shot. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm going to give him one last shot. So I'm going to give you two words. And the first person, <laughs> because at this point, oh my God. like since no one's guessed it, you're going to have to guess which one of the two words is correct. And if you guess it, you get a free $5 tier Patreon for the month of September. So let's see if you, if you can guess it, you get the answer right. Uh, DM us at either the Instagram or the Twitter, or send us a message at swordchomp at gmail.com. But the two words you have to choose from are grotesque and galvanizing. So one of those two words is the word of the month. If you can get it right, you get access to our Patreon for one month for free. 
at the $5 tier. So, first person to answer it, you got it. But there you go. That's the word of the month. <laughs> you got it. Damn it, I thought it was horny. Mm, it was not. You've been trying to say that as much yeah. as possible. Fish really led yeah. me on with all the hornies. Mm-hmm. He really did. <laughs> Do I make you um, horny, baby? You said, I have no idea what site ad is. You messaged oh, me site Oh, yeah, ad. yeah, yeah. Sorry. What I meant was merchandising. So, even though I was joking about it in all seriousness, uh, we've forgotten to talk about it the past few weeks. So, we do have a merchandising uh, or a merchandise store up finally. It's redbubble.com slash people slash swordchomp. You can buy shirts, uh, phone cases, you can buy shower curtains, you can buy duvets, all sorts of stuff there. Um, some of our awesome fans like Ivan, Corn Space, and Rich have already gone out and bought some stuff. Seriously, thank you guys uh, for spreading the word of Sword Chomp uh, through your excellent clothing choices. You all look sexily beautiful. Sexily beautiful indeed. And seriously, we appreciate you. Um, if you're interested in representing Chomp Nation. A Chomp Nation out in the world, there are currently three designs there right now. I'm pro- I'm probably here in the next few weeks going to look at doing a fourth design um, based off of um, the logos and stuff we have. I'm also... If you guys are interested, going to be looking at taking our Evoking the Sublime and Into the Blood logos and putting putting those up on the store as well if you want to represent those. So speaking of those, if you don't know what those are, this is a, your first time tuning into us or you just actually made it to the end of the episode for once. Uh, Evoking the Sublime is a side podcast that we have where I uh, interview uh, creators of a video game to talk about kind of the history and creation of a video game. Check it out. Also, Morgan does a podcast called Into the Blood, where he interviews music composers or gaming music composers of video games. Uh, he's done incredible interviews with um, the composers from Tomb Raider, Cuphead, uh, Katana Zero, and many, many more. So if you're interested, check that out as well. But I'm going to try and get those logos up on some shirts and onto our clothing site. So be on the lookout Wait, for if that. Wait, if uh, they want to find my podcast, where do they have to put in the search bar? They have to put swordchomp.com slash into the blood. That actually won't take them there. I lied. That will not take you there. Uh, in the blood, not into oh, the Oh, in the blood. Why did I say into the blood? I was thinking... <laughs> <laughs> into, into the, the breach blood. that's right in the blood uh, I, was that's, I honestly that. was thinking into the breach <laughs> i honestly when i was saying that advertisement <laughs> i was like thinking into the breach in my mind for some reason i just like the idea that there's one guy out there or gal who's just like into the blood where is it where the, um, where the fuck is it guess they don't want me to listen to their podcast then that's my cat meowing in my room so that means it's time to get the hell out of here before i get castrated as usual uh it's been a lot of fun We will be back next week with an all-new Chompcast. You really should. Why would a cat cash for you? Right? Right? Like, what sort of house are you running there that the cat has that sort of free reign? I met my wife, but now I realize I didn't make that very clear.